six pack lap of that. And I got, I got the bad boy, man. I can't tell you how many times at worlds I got stopped and, and asked about the podcast, talked about the podcast. And then, um, that was at world's tons. And then when I went to France, it was, it was kind of shocking. Now there were some people who were obviously like, you man's talking a little bit of shit, huh? There was obviously that some people brought up for sure brought up. What is he talking about? We're not jacked. Take a look at this guy. Take a look at that. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. But um, Cause there's obviously all of a sudden everyone's jacked. And you're like, oh, okay, I know, I know. But, um, but there was some people surprisingly enough in France who were totally leaning into it. And one of Pena's like main right-hand man, Matthew, is like super like man love the Nick Manners episode was all over that Nick Manners episode in in Penna's brother Alex was like man he made some points that were there some of them were lies so it was surprising but it's polarizing people heard about it people were definitely aware and wanted to when they were bringing up episode episodes they're like fucking Nick Manders oh tell me about Nick Manders what what's going on like hey man my man shoots from the hip. I wasn't sure that there'd be that much um, discussion about it, though. I didn't think it was as crazy at the time. Neither did I. Um, I mean, obviously, I have a bias because they're my words, so I don't. I don't think I'm crazy, but mainly also because I don't think that like I'm a huge figure in powerlifting by any means. Like, I, I, I very much think that I'm small fry, right? Like to piss off guys like Panna and Taylor. It's insane. It's like little David pissing off Goliath, but but even worse, it's like an ant pissing off Goliath. Like, Lord, you medal at Worlds. I did medal uh, at Worlds, but that's after the fact, right? Like my only big internationals beforehand were a bomb out of NAPFs, if we consider NAPFs like an international comp, which, eh. Um, And then Junior Worlds, I didn't even podium. So it's, I don't, like I'm not a big name by any means uh, in powerlifting, or at least... I wasn't. I don't think I'm a big name now, but I definitely feel like I'm on more people's radars, maybe for uh, not the best reasons. (laughs) Before the lifting even got underway. Um, But on the flip side, you went on, not for nothing, I got to toot my own own horn here, but you went on a pretty big platform. So to, to say these things, so people are going to listen, and it's, it's an international platform. It's not a specific bias towards a certain region people all over the world it's more of an international flavor one so when you show up a world there's going to be some people and it was right before worlds too so everyone it wasn't like um if it happened i think maybe three four months ago and then people saw your worlds so many podcasts will have happened since then that i'll have had people on but it was fresh it was super fresh it was so fresh that when taylor atwood saw you <laughs> he was like hey my man yeah, Slim Shady. <laughs> Slim Shady. Just Is that the story we're telling? Slim Shady. Well, I don't know. So, I mean, but he was all right with it. It sounded like he was all right with it. I mean, yeah, he, he seemed okay with it. I think I just, I fucked up again. Th- that, that one's on me, if we're going to tell that story. Like, that is on me. I won't Let's lie. Let's tell the story. All right. Um. So, after, you know, the 74s had went down and everything, we all know what happened. Like, we don't need to, like, rehash that. Everyone that knows, knows. Um, I'm hanging around the the venue with Adam Jansen. And uh, he wants to check his weight on the scales. So things are starting to die down. Uh, 
Callie's doing his uh, interview in the corner. And we walk around back, uh, go into the ch- uh, weight room, and uh, you know, I-, I let Adam do his thing. And then, as we exit the weigh-in room, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but coincidentally, Taylor Atwood and his dad are uh, leaving the the warm-up room. So, if anyone doesn't know, the, the weigh-in room and the warm-up room are just, like, hallways away from each other. Like, it's right there. So, I see him, and I'm like, ah. I, I, like, this is not the time to, like, say hi. Like, he's coming down from probably, like, the worst loss in his career I saw him on the podium. I've never seen a man look more angry. So pissed off to be on a podium, which is understandable. And I was like, all right, Adam, let's just try to like sneak past. Let's just like get out of here. Let's just go. So we walked past him. And then, yeah, just hear those like those great words in the back. Just hey, Slim Shady. It's like nice. I stopped dead in my tracks. Like it's in that movie where you, you know, when the camera's facing you, the, the other characters behind you, the camera's facing you and you. And then you turn around. You're like, I also had no man. idea who was going to use those words. I was like, this isn't happening right now. There's no way that Taylor Atwood just went, hey, Slim Shady. It's and like I turn in those high school movies yeah. where, where you're trying to walk by. Like, no, please. And you're like, hey, Slim Shady. And I didn't hey, know McCoy. how to act. I didn't know how to act. I was, uh, it was very awkward for me. So I like turned around. I was like, ha I like ran my hand through my hair and I was like, what's up? Oh, and then he was like, oh, no. the real Slim Shady, please stand up. And I was like, ha ha. Oh, well, we didn't even talk. I, I think. So the, the big conversation that I remember is, you know, we're, we're doing like the, the typical power lifting back and forth. And then he's like, how are you feeling for, uh, for tomorrow? Was it tomorrow? Yeah, uh, no, uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, no, because there was the general meeting and then tomorrow. So oh, he was like, how are you feeling you. for your meet on Thursday? Like, how are you feeling? And um, now this is when I bit, did like the, the big major fuck up. Because I he asked me, how are you feeling? And I went, I'm all right. How are you feeling? And then I realized hey. immediately what I said. And I just He's stared like... him dead in the eye with like the worst shit eating grin. Because I was like, um... Well, because you're because you're Whoops. feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like a. I'm trying to rub it in. Like you got third. I said you were washed. I was right. It was just like a. I just, I just said that. I shouldn't have said that. And um, I hate. Don't you hate those scenarios where you're like, ah, you you feel awkward and like, hey, you know what? We're gonna we're talking. And then you're like, fuck, I'm making it worse. This is straight out of a goddamn yeah. movie or show. And then like, he was like, yeah. I say makes it worse. Like, why am I so awkward right now? Yeah. And then he was like, I'm not not feeling great, man. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I get no. it. Uh, yeah. Just like awkwardly, like, you'll come back. And then, you know, we left parted ways and I never saw him again. And I think he actually left the next day. Like, I think he oh, wow. got on a plane and flew out. I, I he don't want to say I was it. one of the last people to talk to him, but it would be really funny for the story if that was the last conversation he had in Malta and he was just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, I think that'd be, <laughs> that'd be this great. Month. It was so in terms of what happened, let's I got to let's take a look at his squat for a second and tell me your honest opinion. And everyone knows you actually you gave your opinion on Instagram right afterwards. Yes. And I, I don't even need to that. see the lifts again. I, I've okay. seen them a bunch of times. His third squat was good. In my yeah. in my opinion, and I think in most people's opinion, I, I have no idea why he got called on the third squad at all. Um, it's nuts, man. Insane. Um, so do I think that, like, to an extent, Taylor was robbed? 
maybe but also that's sport and like we'll get into that conversation if like we talk about my own performance because like i also feel like i got quite jibbed on some things but you know um yeah his third squat should have passed his third deadlift absolutely not you could see it in his face i think whenever like deadlifters aren't great at selling when they're lockout soft i've actually mm. gotten good at it because I ha- i'll have some soft lockouts you need to jut your head forward and bring your chin down. If your head is still trying to force back, it looks like you're still trying to lean back to lock it out. Just bring your chin forward. Taylor's chin never came forward. I mean, I had the side view, so I could tell his shoulders were never like near his hips. Like it never mm. locked him. So the third deadlift controversy to me wasn't a controversy. That's just an issue with where the stream cameras are. And then we can even get into that later because the stream cameras are also what the juries use. So yeah, yeah. If if we want to get into like the technical of the whole meet and how calls were made, um, there's not a lot that I can say that hasn't already been said. I feel like at this point, so many people have weighed in that you start to beat a dead horse. But there's like a couple things that I think are bit insightful that maybe people haven't talked about or haven't heard about um, that I'd like to get into maybe later. But uh, yeah, Taylor's third squat should have passed. Taylor's third deadlift, absolutely not. And. So I, I can I one hundred percent the squat I I saw no issues whatsoever and I was shocked and rattled they took it from him. Um, the third deadlift yeah it was it was sketchy, it was a sketchy pull, and um, when I was talking to him to about like the the calls on him I was like look at your third squat it got taken from you the third pull, man that was sketchy like you know some some sometimes it would have went your way I'm sure but if they don't give it to you that's not that that one you should be able to live with. And then him reviewing it, you know, he was, I think that's how probably how he felt. I mean, I'm sure he would have loved to have gotten the third pull. I don't want to talk for him, but Callie's last deadlift, he had room. Like he, he, Callie smoked that last deadlift. How much room? I don't know. But if he got that third squat, would, would he, Callie have still mitigated that with his third deadlift? I mean, because he would he would have loaded up more. I don't know. Would they have loaded the same deadlift for Taylor if he had gotten the third squat? Because they don't have to be as aggressive. You never know. But to your point, this is sports. And um, you could do that with so many people, with so many different classes. Yeah. There's so and, many butterfly effects when you start to take it. Like, what if X happened? Then Y would happen. But, like, X didn't happen. I, yeah. I think, like, you got to just simplify it. Like, Occam's razor. What happened is what happened. If you try to look at what could have happened, then other things could have happened. Who knows down the line? Maybe like in an alternate reality where Taylor hit his third squat, maybe he misses a third bench. Who knows? Like we we are where true. we are. Taylor's third. It is what it is. Right. And afterwards, when you're watching this, because you you posted afterwards, and obviously you said what you said. You so. People, I think the big thing was people like, oh my God, he said Taylor's washed. But you did quantify it by saying, I believe you were like, I think only Perk's going to beat him. But then this happened. Did you think Hallie was going to win? Did you think Taylor was going to win? No. I, I, I think I even might have said on our last podcast, I was like, I think Taylor will win, but this is the last year he'll win. Mm. When I was sitting there, I had... No idea Taylor was going to lose. When Tim 
So, like, I actually kind of feel bad for Tim because Tim also beat Taylor. Everyone's worried up like, Callie beat Taylor. Tim also beat Taylor. Tim beat Taylor first. If anything, Callie beat Tim. But, yeah, when Tim got his third pull, like, it was overruled. Um, that was insane. That was shocking. And then we still had one more, more pull left. It was never would have ever bet any amount of money that Taylor would have come third. Like, right. coming second, maybe some madmen would do that. But third? It's it's. It's tough because the only thing is like, remember in 2022 when Keiko was pulling for the win and Keiko missed pulling for the win, ended up in third. That kind of thing can happen when you bypass silver and you're pulling for gold and you're just like, you end up where you end up kind of deal. In that scenario, you could kind of envision Taylor going all in for gold, missing his last pull or whatever, but it was, it was tough. Here's the thing. So he's third now. Is this a scenario where that was his chance? Because Callie put on like 25 kilos from Swedish Nationals and and I think it was March. And Callie's a kid. He's putting on like, before that, he put on 25 kilos. He's putting on 20. Now he's not going to keep this pace. I know. But he's he was pacing like 25 kilos every few months. And by the time we get into next year, next Worlds, God knows where Callie's going to be. What are your thoughts on is if they run it back next year in 2024? What's going to happen here? Is this Cali now? Let, let's take the craziest hot take ever because, like, I guess that's my brand now. <clears throat> I don't even know if Taylor's going to come back to Worlds. Yeah. If we look at how the world selection team is going to go, right? It, like, the US still has to only send eight people, like, eight men, right. rather. If we have this grand exodus of lifters from the USAPL coming into the IPF, now we have Perkins, we have Bob, we have Ashton, we have Russ. We're probably going to be doubling up on sunglasses, or they are, rather. Um, But even then, Petrie, I I think, yeah, Petrie as well. Perkins will probably beat out Taylor for that spot, and I don't think it would be smart from the US team to bring two 74s. Um, they have stronger 83s. If if they're going to double up on a class, Delaney and Russ are literally one and two. They should double up or there. Na- or maybe 93s, Keiko, Petrie. Like you're, like or it's, again, it's like crazy. Bob and Ashton. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm almost, I don't actually think Taylor's going to make it to Worlds next year. And you know what? That's, it's crazy to say, first off, because it's Taylor Atwood, I can't even picture... I've been doing commentating the world championships since 2016. I have never ever. Oh no, that's not true. 2021. He wasn't there. Hmm. Okay. He's just so weird. Taylor, I would not at a world. He's such a poster boy, but I mean, like <clears throat> even Ray, Ray, Ray fell one point, you know, like Ray was our poster boy for so long. And then, I think, yeah, it was Sweden. He bombed out on squats, didn't he? And then he was just never back. Like It it sucks that like these guys don't get to go out with like a a crazy performance. They got to go out with a whimper. But I mean, that's, that's, again, that's sport. People don't really ever want to go out with a grand performance. They always want to look for more. And then, Mm. you know, their time comes. But yeah, I, I do think that the age of Taylor Atwood is over. I don't even mean that anymore in like a, Let's let's get let's get crazy. Let's just start saying shit. Like I genuinely do think that like Taylor will go down as one of the greatest of all time, but his time sure. is done. 
Mm, frig, it's it's tough to even. I mean, obviously, because next year, where do you pay Cali at? He's he's eight hundred plus. Yes. Um, I mean, seven eighty eight now. I I just imagine second. I don't have like the greatest scouting report on seventy fours at the moment, but yeah, Perkins, Cali, and then I think Tim is staying seventy four. But also, how much room Tim has to grow in the class? Because like cutting down from 83 to 74, you kind of just like realize your strength potential in the class and then you're done. So, I mean, right now he's third uh, in that roster, but I, I feel like anyone could swoop in and take that. But yeah, I imagine it's Perkins, Cali, someone else. Now, okay, first off, it's crazy because of the guys you named. Freaking guys like Russell Orhe. If he goes 93 and it's Keiko and Petrie and like in Gavin Aiden, some of these Russell might not make a world team. Like it's crazy how stacked the US is. Or Petrie might not, or Keiko for God's sake, who is the reigning world champion. How how long he's been in number 193? Keiko might not make it back to worlds because it's so stacked. You know, just because he would have to beat out. Gavin, Petrie, Russ, all over again. And, I mean, he's done amazing things before, and obviously any of these guys can do it and come through. But the fact that, like, oh, maybe only one of them might go through, it's and that's just that's just the 93s. If, if, if Russ goes 93, it's crazy to think about, man. The U.S. is getting way too potent. Uh, they got to kick up USVI. Some of these dudes should not have left USVI. They've been too potent. Um I was actually thinking if like SBD should become their own nation. Uh, so that way we just get more US lifters. Because right now, the way that they have it with like Sheffield and whatnot, um, PA Nats and Sheffield are too closely aligned uh, timeline wise. And the way like they use Carpino scoring to like slot in uh, who goes to Worlds and everything, um, the guys in Sheffield kind of get shafted or vice versa. The guys at Sheffield hit the Carpino and then PA Nats becomes obsolete. Um, yeah, it, it's so competitive just to get a world spot as a U.S. athlete right now that I kind of do feel that just for the, just to make worlds still competitive, like as competitive as it should be, we need to weirdly enough, give more avenues for U.S. lifters to compete. I, I know that that's bad for me as a Canadian lifter, because <laughs> these are more scary individuals I have to uh, compete against, but if we want to make worlds not just you know the U.S. guys dominating everybody else, uh, at least have them fight against each other. Yeah, we need more avenues. So like you said, USVI would work. Um, an SPD nation would be hilarious. I don't think that's going to work, but it'd be really funny. Well, what they can do here's one thing that I've noticed: um, the North American Championship. Yeah, I mean you alluded to earlier, but is getting more and more bigger names on it. Like Ray is Williams, it? to your point, is there. Okay. Uh, Bryce Lewis, who didn't make the team, but he's won worlds before, is there. I think Gruden might be going there. There's like, um, I'm not sure. There's, there's more. They might start doing other things. And the reason here's why because SBD did take people who flourished at Euros or like Carlina, who broke the record at Commonwealth. They're not going to do this a lot. Worlds is still the number one qualifier and it's the guaranteed you know, pathway and you don't want to wait on a wild card. However, there's oppor there's small opportunities in pockets. So if you're from a, a crazy heated nation like us, you might start being like, let me go to an international meet. 
if it's an Arnold Classic um, in Europe or if it's an NAPF, let me just, like, if you got a chance to come close to the world record or whatever and throw down a statement, and you're probably going to have to be a big-name guy, but that might be your pathway. So maybe you miss Worlds, but you still get the Sheffield. There's other avenues. Hopefully, it, it, the only way to do this is if we put more meaning and emphasis on those other meets. And the only way that those other meets will have more meaning and emphasis, that's where an SBD could be like, we kind of know how we could throw more weight on an NAPF. Yeah. Now, if we really want Ray, maybe, you know, if we really want whoever, insert the big name that we mentioned. There's ways. There's ways. If Canada picked up their pace a little bit and, like, pulled their own weight more, I feel like NAPFs should theoretically be, like, the same importance as Euros, right? Because Euros is a big meet, you know? like Oh, yeah. You, you you say that like someone is like the European champion that means something if you say that you're the NAPF champion no one cares <laughs> like it's yeah. the truth because no one shows up to those meets but you're right if we started having more countries or more competitive you know battles in NAPFs then yeah it starts to mean something and then we have these like step up meets but as is right now um North Americans Canadians and us alike, there's very little like prestigious meets to look forward to. There's Worlds, obviously. Sheffield, if you can make it. Mm. Um, for Americans, your national championship. That's it. Right? Am I missing any? I mean, World Games, once that comes around. But again, that's through Worlds. You're right. And here's the thing with... Here's the thing with North Americans. So Europeans, the reason why Europeans works is because there's like so many countries in Europe so they can have so many good lifters there. Whereas you have the same bottleneck effect for North Americans where a U.S. can only send one team, double up in one weight class. So one weight class will be stacked with two Americans and you need the Canadian counterparts to, to be there. Yeah. You need a good Canadian who's going to rock and roll to be there. Like, um, and it'll be tough. It, it depends. Like, like in the 83s, we had like Canada's really strong in the 83s. We always have. Um, the number two, three, four all-time performances was from the 83 Nationals, right? So if Cafui goes down to North Americans and does like 800 kilos or something like that, and the American goes down there and does somewhere around 800 kilos, well, we got ourselves a nice battle. Good, good. We have two 283s going around there, 790 to 800 kilos. Good, that's a good battle. But that's one class. Exactly. We need like, we don't we don't have the depth in Canada, I don't think, to, to do this. Um, we do. that's the tough point. And, and there's only two nations. Like, like there's more nations in North Americans. I get it. But two powerlifting nations, yeah. we really need the other Caribbean nations to step up, which is a big ass. That's not Europe. Or yeah. we do have, we have the Pan American championship, which includes, um, all of the Southern, uh, like South America, which like Brazil here and there had pockets, but again, it's pockets. It's just the depth isn't here on this side of the world beyond U.S. I think U.S. nationals, the importance will rise, but SBD is going to be hard set to be like, we're going to throw credit on the U.S. nationals to make it the Sheffield because it's a national level and other nations will be like, that's not fair. And, um, you know, so it's tough. It's tough. I think there'll be far more, more, more credit on winning powerlifting American nationals once all these people come over for sure because yeah. you're in a dogfight. I think I they don't know, man. It's letting, a tough one. 
They should start letting Canadians and U.S. lifters just compete at Euros. Well, as guest lifters, you can't. That's happened. I think. Yeah, but it doesn't count because you're a guest lifter. I know. Doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't know. Or they do something, or an invitational of some sort, an invitational qualifier of some sort somewhere. Um, you know, and they work with the, it can be sanctioned by the NAPF or whatever the hell, but it's not the NAPF championships. You could have more than one though. As, as we progress over the years, things are definitely going to develop. Uh, but we do have a freaking bottleneck issue, man, because yes. geographically speaking, North America's massive population speaking, not big as Europe, but U S plus Canada, Mexico, whatever. There's a lot of population, but there's only, that's only three nations I just named as opposed to, because Europe, every nation, yeah. <laughs> right? Because every nation's allowed a team. Europe's got so many teams; it's stacked. So many lifters from everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So, having said that, what did you think about? And this is probably a little up your alley. When Perk said um, his comment after Cali won, and immediately after Cali won was seven eighty eight. I could probably hit that on my seconds. Callie didn't like it. Callie was on the podcast. He's like, the man's talking. And um, by the time you meet me, I'm, it's not going to be 788, first off, because his progress is crazy. But Callie's like, that's offside. You're going to, he didn't like it. Yeah. I I love the statement. I mean, it's great. I, I love anything that's controversial enough that people start like saying, no, that's wrong, because that's what you need. You need to start that conversation, that argument. Um, in terms of the actual validity of the statement, um, a world 788 is different than a local 788, right? Um, I don't know what amount of kilos you would need to like damper it to the same effect. I do think that Austin Perkins is still stronger than 788 even at Worlds, but it's not like you could do it on your seconds. That's hyperbole. It's it's hilarious. It's fun. It's not. It's just not as easy as as it is at like a a random USAPL meet. Uh, world is just different. And that's not just to like toot everyone else's horn and my own horn now that I'm a world's level athlete or whatever. Like, no, it's so much harder. You wouldn't get it. It just genuinely is. You you can look at the performances of people that competed before and even after now, um, and then see how they competed at worlds and just recognize that like, yeah, people's totals go down. You can only compare world totals to world totals. You can't compare it outside of that because there's just too many factors that that come into play that you can't really account for without just, you know, uh, doing it. So, I mean, yeah, 788 to Austin Perkins, it's not that great. But he's probably good for like 800 at, an, at a world's meet, but not seconds. Great and, statement, though. Well, I mean, it gets, here's, here's what I've said. Perk's doing what he's supposed to do. As an athlete, I never fault an athlete for a being if you're braggadocious do you think i mean perk's strong as fuck if if you know he's a he's a he might be the number one guy in the world you got to prove that like on in straight up head to head but he's he's a phenomenal athlete he might end up totaling something higher than uh taylor ever totaled in his prime and taylor you know totaled some crazy shit in his prime maybe at usapl nats we're gonna find out soon enough but you're right that like it will be different at Worlds. And by the time he comes to Worlds, Cali's not going to be 788. Perk isn't going to be what he's doing right now either. But 
Does it go up? Does it go, does it go down? Does it stay the same? Will it matter? I don't know. Yeah. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You need to do it. Like maybe this is like just coming from me cuz I I sort of had this like mental switch coming from like junior to open, but it's not so much the numbers anymore, it's the title. Before I was like chasing a specific like total every time and now it's just I just want to win specific meets. So I think that a lot of the USAPL guys are still very caught up in like hitting this number and this number and this number. Um, and I think that's just because their titles aren't as prestigious, just like on the name alone, like USAPL national champion still will never sound as good as world champion flat out. So they still compare numbers as opposed to just head to head battles. But you, like, like we, like we sort of said, you need to have, those head-to-head battles like Austin can't state that he could beat the world champion until he does it in my opinion or he can state it because it's fun but he can't mean it you know I hate to bring up Jurens I hate to bring up Jurens but it's on my mind um okay I don't mean any offense about this to him but if we just look at even Jurens right he hit 820.5 before worlds Bear in mind, the winning total was 815, right? He had 820.5, and it was all pocket work. Everyone was like, yeah, Jurens is going to hit something crazy at Worlds. Worlds comes along, and he comes sixth place. Then after Worlds, like, what, two weeks later at the Silent Worker Mean France, 812.5, and, and again, he had some room in the tank. So if anyone's just comparing purely numbers without the circumstance of the meet itself, why didn't Jurens podium? Like, there's a factor there, just let's call it the world's factor, that influences your total. And until you, you know, run yourself through that, you just can't compare the numbers. It's like people like Natalie Richards, for instance, skew it for people who think, well, look what Natalie did. That would be an outlier. That would not be a case where I would bank on that being the case. Pretending... People are talking like, yeah, see, there's talk about time zones and whatever, but it's not as big a deal if you take care of this, that, and the other. Trust me, as someone who's faced multiple travel and time zones on a regular basis and the whole nine, it's real. This isn't fake. When people make up the term jet lag, that's not just hocus pocus. That's not an old wives tale. And time zones are real. When you land and all of a sudden you find out like, no, okay, you you land and you think it's 6 p.m., no, it's midnight. No, it's actually midnight now. Now you have to go to bed. No, but it's 6 p.m. for me. No, it's midnight. You have to go to bed because you have to wake up in six hours. Well, in six hours, it's actually going to be midnight for me, and that's when I'm going to want to go to sleep. Well, I don't know what to tell you because it's it's 6 a.m. You know, that's like actually way in time. And it's like, this is real. You can't tell me this isn't real. You can't tell me this isn't. I don't, I don't understand how people pretend these, these aren't factors. No, these are factors. Trust me. And when you fly back home and all of a sudden you're like, um, man, I'm tired of shit. It's only 8, 8 p.m. No, but this day is going to be six hours longer. So this 8 p.m. is actually six. Your, your day is literally going to be six hours longer today. So just be used to that. These are all real factors. Oh, by the way. It is real if you're water loading and you go 30,000 feet in the air. Yes, there's consequences to these things. Yes, there is. You can't say there isn't. And then when you're looking at IPF calls and saying there's a very active jury, et cetera, 
yes, there is a factor with like this calls are super stiff. So when people try to mitigate these things, usually they're mitigating it for a certain reason. It's like, yes, no, this is real. This is real. And when you show up and it's uh, it feels different, you can, you've done junior worlds, you've done Canadian Nats, you've done whatever. When you go to open worlds, it is not going to be the same when you're around when the crowd's there and everyone's battling and people are going to try to make it to Sheffield and like legacies are on the line. It's like, holy fuck, it's like Taylor Atwood's there or Jesus Oliveras is there. Like it, you can't be, it is going to feel different. It's going to feel different. You know, Euro sports live and the whole nine doing these things. I don't know, man. Um, it's, it's difficult to tell people until they finally experience it. And yeah. every now and then a Natalie Richards skews it and everyone's like, see, no biggie. What was the big deal? Look what she did. It happens all the time. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It happens. She was one person out of like a, what, 400-something person meet. Like, bad the stats. odds are not in that favor. She's just, you take a freak human, she's probably good. Yes, a freak human could maybe run through it. Also, um, she did amazing, and Team France fumbles the ball at so a couple inopportune times there, which was great. They're falling off. I called it. I didn't call like, it. Team France yes. had a great meet. Team France but, great across the board. But um yeah, no, Team France definitely did their damn thing. But um yeah, it was it was a uh, it's tough, man. There's a couple of tough calls that happen there. Everybody makes mistakes. So I don't want to beat the beat up Team France's coaching staff over this. Everybody makes mistakes. That was the toughest of ones. If you if they made that mistake with somebody who was in the B group, whatever. It is what it is. It's just like, with all due respect to the B group, yeah, whatever you'd be Fuck like, it is, what it is. <laughs> but um, if you, I've been in the B group, so I'm allowed to say that, but um, at worlds, but when you do it in, in the gold medals on the line, um, there's, I think there was conversation anyways, that maybe it was conveyed to her before that poll that they did made a mistake as well. That's going to mess with the lifter as well. I was saying previously, thank God she didn't hit that lift. But then I've heard conversations since that maybe it was actually conveyed to her before she went for the lift that there has been a mistake. And then, and that she might, and whether or not that meant she was, if she hit the lift or not, she was in second or what that meant. And then you, you scurry out there. That is going to impact. I'm, some people just straight up break down right there, you know, who would be like, what are you telling me? Like, this is. Yeah, I would have started would not, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been. So, so if she found out before that, like, we're, then we're not back to the old, well, she missed it anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, but then she could be like, no, I missed it because I, it's bad. It was a bad scenario. It was tough. That's a very difficult. And that takes nothing. Look at Natalie's a, a freaking monster. She wins. That's not what I'm trying to do here. That's nothing to do with that. It's just more, it's tough. It's the toughest. That was a very tough scenario. Yeah, I, I really hope she would have hit it just because it would have been funny. <laughs> like, I remember sitting there being like, I, <laughs> I don't know how funny would it have been. Because okay, I, I assumed that like she didn't know, as I think most people did. This is new information to me. Um, but yeah, the the the. <laughs> The saddest in me was just like, I want to see her hit this and just start cheering like crazy and then see that like position oh, hasn't changed. It would be like so the awkward walk back to her coach and like, yay, we oh, won. And the coach is just sitting there like, oh, yeah, no, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was my bad. Uh, this is so yeah, I was kinda, 
kind of happy for her that she didn't hit it. I was like, that's that's good. That's that's oh, a much better feeling. Because missing it hurts way less than hitting it, and it doesn't matter. As long as she missed it without like knowing beforehand. But if she missed it before, either way, look at she's young. I think she might even still be a junior. The, hopefully they run it back. And um they make the same oh. mistake twice. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine they go, she's gonna be rather upset when she comes back, but I think we forgot to change the final pull again. But um oh, Jesus. If you're the French coach, you just leave. You just leave the building, be like, I'm done, I resign. Yeah, you, you start a whole other French riot just over that. You just that's that. We're not you, doing you put that yourself at... in the guillotine. Oh my goodness. you got all these French <laughs> look at you bring up the French Revolution and everything. You did your research for this podcast. Um yeah, that's... <laughs> but that's the worst case scenario of all time if it happened twice. But um yeah, man, that's one of the toughest. That's gotta be one of the toughest, you know, calls I've seen. And um, I don't know. I hope she didn't know. Missed it anyways. I don't know for sure she did know, but there's been talk of this. But I've never heard from her. Hopefully she didn't. She didn't. And there's an opportunity. Who knows? Maybe they run it back at Sheffield. You think they should run it back at Sheffield? What do you think? There are so many different like storylines of like running it back at Sheffield that like I don't even want to call it. I have no idea. Like there's only so many wild card spots. There's only so mm. many things we could do. Um, nah, I I feel like there are more like. There are just better storylines, I think, for Sheffield. Um, I think my big one is, like, I don't know if they'll bring Taylor back. I, I think they should. But yeah. also, that's that's so many 74s. Because Tim is going. Right? Yeah. Like, he's guaranteed a spot because of Oceana. So. They'll probably actually bring back Taylor. Because I just remembered about the... Uh, you know, <laughs> who knows, man? Who knows about? They'll probably bring back Taylor. Actually, you never like. There, there is only so many spots. Here's what I'll say about the Jad thing. Um, she did get an invite to Sheffield last time, Battle of the Fifty Sevens, and won the Battle of the Fifty Sevens, and made it on the podium. So, in terms of um, and with discussion on this how heartbreaking it is. I know it's not SBD's job to make things right, but like, um, that's super tough, man. I like, I DM Jad and was like, you good? Like, you know, it's everything all good because you can't help but be like, fine. It would be, there'll, there'll be enough people. There's enough discussion on it anyways. Controversy is good to sell rematches. Um, and, and again, Natalie's, Natalie's an absolute monster. She had room, by the way. Natalie had room. So again, to your point about like run, like well, if you change this for Jad, what if she would have hit it? Then Natalie could be like, "Excuse me, pardon me." If we're redoing attempts and she gets to redo her attempt, let me redo my third squat. Let me redo my third dead, my third bench because she had room as well, and that's only fair. So Natalie won fair and square. Let's just I just want to say that no matter how the thing with Jad went, to your point earlier about redoing attempts, Natalie be like, "Hey, okay, let's play that game then." But just in the interest of storylines and selling it, I think you could. You could do a Jad and bring her back because she showed up. And um, But also, you do make a good point on the women's side. 
think maybe one of the most interesting showdowns and one that's got to happen. I was so shocked as shit. Corolla Gara in the 63s broke Leah Bavwa's 63 kilo world record. And this is Leah Bavwa. I thought like Leah Bavwa in the 63s, everyone's like, nobody's touching Leah. And she took the title, broke her world record. And Leah Bavwa is a 69, didn't come out for her last lift. And if they end up in the same weight class, oh, Nelly, man, we got ourselves. They're one and one. Uh, didn't Leah also weigh in super light? Like she can three make kilos 63. light. She can make 63 yeah. easy. Yeah. Although that might have been, uh, I, I heard that that could have just been like trauma from missing weight. Uh, well, here's the thing. This, the Sheffield's, the Sheffield scoring system is set up on obviously like world records. The 69 kilo world record is lower than the 63 kilo world record. So both of those ladies just go to 69. Yeah. 100 take out like don't cut weight you know don't do it it'll just it's just an annoying piece of the game anyways yeah you know it's cutting weight whatnot who wants to cut if you don't have to and it makes it easier to podium and both of them end up in the same weight class i had corolla gara um on the podcast i dropped it and i put her on the spot and said what do you think she's like i'm not going to make an announcement yet if i'm going 63 or 69 for sheffield but when i played the name game with her and i said leah bavla she said the one the one to beat. Well, there you have it. 69 Sheffield, head to head. That's it. Let's freaking go. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. And in terms of uh what did you think about your 83 kilo session? I got in terms of your freaking the head on your bench and the whole night. Holy shit, dude. What is going on here? I got yeah. the, I got the video queued up, but I don't know if you want to watch this thing. I've watched that so many fucking times. You yeah. <laughs> uh, so what yeah, was your experience like? Let's talk about your experience in general. We don't have to start there either. Let's talk about your overall world's experience. Or do you want to start there and we could double back? Uh, my, my world's experience was, was uh, it was fun. It was definitely fun. Um, I guess, yeah, my first open worlds. It was weird because this is going to sound maybe a bit like uh, conceited, a bit up my own ass, but I'm used to almost going to meets and um, people know me in a way. Or in at nationals, I'm like one of, if not like the best Canadian lifters, right? At Junior Worlds, even, I was like one of the guys in like the 83 class everyone was talking about. I was like a big name. You go to open worlds and it went from being like I've been to so many meets where I feel like I'm a big name to now like I'm just like a little tiny dude. So that that was almost kind of refreshing. I kind of liked it. It was humbling really? in a way. Uh I very much enjoyed it. I actually don't really like going around a meet and feeling like people's like eyes are on me all the time. I like just kind of like melding in. So I enjoyed that. It was also nice to like bump into a bunch of people that I've either like talked to online or you know for lack of a better term, like powerlifting celebrities and whatnot, it, it is cool to see them in person and then see that they are like human beings. Um, it makes being a hater a little more difficult. Uh, if I'm going to build a brand on being a, a villain and an asshole, it's a little harder when everyone is so nice and so genuine, but I'm going to make it work anyways. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, World was great. Um, everyone in 83 was really nice. It, it was almost ironic because I think the two biggest dicks in the class were me and Adam, and we're both Canadian, so we were really fighting stereotypes over there. 
uh, I do remember being in the in the training room with him before he competed, and he was sitting in the corner being extremely antisocial. And I was like, God, we we do not play well with others in '83. But as a competitive, you're used to be very competitive. competitive. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we are very competitive people. It's what drives us to like to compete against each other to get to the level that we're at. But, uh, yeah, Worlds was great. If we're going to talk about the competition, which we should, obviously, um, it was very frustrating. I, I think if I'm going to use one word for that competition, like for my session, 83, that I'll use for myself, and I think I can use it actually for everybody else other than Ina, maybe even Ina. It was very frustrating. I think everyone left that session very frustrated. Um, like when it ended, everyone just kind of went around, had each other on the back, shook your hands, good game. No one seemed happy. Everyone was pissed off. I was pissed off. Delaney was like happy that he won, but like 815 is not a great total for him. Ina's mad he didn't pull for the win, obviously. Although he had the best meet out of all of us. And everyone else was just pissed. Just pissed off at themselves. Um it's hard to not look at that session and maybe it comes from like a personal bias of being in it. So like I'm a little harder on myself than other people are going to be because I think that's how you grow as a person, as an athlete. But I definitely feel like we might've been one of the most disappointing sessions in terms of like performances of worlds. It was an interesting session for, for sure. It was fun to watch, but I think only due to how perhaps disappointing each performance was that it turned into like a real scrap near the end. Instead of it being mm. like everyone expected like a, a, a big battle between top two and then like three and downwards being a bit of a fight, it just turned into like everyone is shitting the bed. Let's see who collects what. So yeah, frustrating. Kind of, you, you know what? That was very well said, but it's kind of true, but it was entertaining where as long as everybody's missing, then it's fun. It, it is like who's gonna? I don't know what's gonna happen here. Like first off, let's unpack this a little bit because there's a lot to talk about. Um, but during the day, I know you've seen it afterwards. But during the day, are you paying attention to other people? Like their during... lifts and what's happening? Oh, like while lifting, like while competing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. See, everybody asks. No, no. But you're like you're you. I I need to be in the discussion with the coaches. I need to feel like what I'm doing is worth it. Mm. Um, and actually, ironically enough, near the end of the competition, uh, I wasn't doing that because I thought I had just lost just straight up. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm like ninth. And I'm like, I thought my third poll was for like sixth. <laughs> so what? I was like, I was like, why? I was, I went out very frustrated and I kind of left like despaired because I was like, what was that even for? And they're like, you're third. I was like, for how long? Like, only Ina's pulling. So, like, you're third. Like, you've got it. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. really? Like, perked up just slightly. But I was like, yeah. But I need to be in the discussion for what's going on. I ask, like, what people have hit, what people's openers are, what's going on. Um, Like, I was the first squatter in the flight, which that hurt the ego because I've never opened for anything. That actually set the tone. That set the tone for the meet because I asked Graham, my handler. I was like, like, "Am I first one out?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're first one out." I was like, "Sucks, man." 
It's like, this sucks. Like, I've never done this I, in my life. You're like, you're, I'm the fucking big dog back home. What do you mean I'm first? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, I've never, that's, even as like a 16 year old competing with opens, I was not first out. So to be first out, I was like, how, by like, how much right. too? And they're like, by like a good amount. I was like, God, like, this sucks, yeah, they're like, dude. They're like, they're like, they're like healthy enough. We couldn't bump it. We, we were healthy enough. Well, let's just do yeah. this. Get on then, the board. And then, yeah, I, I got front row seats to see Jurens miss his second squat, like, on strength. And I was like, oh. Because, <laughs> like, it goes him and then me in order. Um, But, yeah, I very much pay attention to what people are doing. Uh, I warmed up behind Ina. He looked the other way than I did. So I was deadlifting while just, like, staring at his ass. And I was like, my, my warm-ups are faster than yours. I was like, really? My, th- my 310 faster than your 310. Like, I'm I'm pulling way faster than you are right now. But that's not where the cards landed. Although, uh, well, I, I, it came I, close. I, I, I think I had a stronger deadlift than Ina on the day. I think if it just came down to, like, you know, you don't have three attempts. You just have as many as you want. Yeah. I, I think I could have outpulled Ina. I genuinely think I had the stronger pull on the day. Um, When I put up the poll, based off of people... In the poll and the KOTL stories, they think so. They think you will pull them next year. Now we see, we got to see because every day is a new day. You got a full year to improve. Um, and then Haro's top end, God knows, he's he's a little hit and miss with that, huh? I mean, yeah, that's one thing. He's he basically rolls the dice every time he pulls above three fifty. Like right. it'll either fly or it won't move at all. Um, but I think that's also like a. a a nice advantage I have is that as long as I'm healthy, my pull is pretty consistent, uh, barring the opener, which we could talk about. Uh, I would like to actually analyze my meat and um, break it down because uh, I, I need a platform to do that. And I don't want to do it on Let's IG because people hate it. On IG. People hate it. People hate it when you analyze your own meat for some reason. I don't know if you've noticed that they, they get very really? angry and they're like, Oh, just say you weren't strong enough. Like that whole joke about like meat didn't go as planned. But yeah, if you want to grow as a competitor, you need to analyze what happened. And that comes down as like excuses because yeah, you need to figure out what happened on the lift. So you fix it next time. Like it's not right. always strength. It's largely strength, but execution means excuses as well. Right. Well, let's, so. let's pull. So I actually have your final deadlift pulled up already. I got your bench that, that they were not giving you the star command on <laughs> pulled up in terms of that. <laughs> I'm I got still that. mad about that. It's been three weeks or whatever. I'm still mad. I got, I got those. I mean, frick, man. I got those queued up. We definitely want to look at your last deadlift. But your your one deadlift, let me pull up the um I have the results as well. Um, so you go three for wait, where are we here? Yeah. Okay, so you go three for three in the squats, and you end off with 265. Inoharo ends off with 280, and it looks like he's pacing well. Delaney Wallace, 302.5, and uh, behind you, Yanis, he misses 280. Now, let's talk about your squats. And then I'm going to ask you about Delaney's squats and your theory on that, because he had I haven't dropped this podcast yet, but he has a theory on his. But how did you feel your squat event went? Three for three, and that's pretty good for you, especially on the international level. I'm happy I made the attempts. 
um, not happy with what the attempts were. Um, now, this one is going to sound like the craziest excuse out of all of them, but I do actually have the fix. Um, and I'm going to implement this next time. Next meet, world, whatever. Um, this is going to sound insane, but please hear me out. The bathrooms were too far from the warm-up room. And the flight was very short. So, like, eight lifters with uh, the, the Turkish loading team, who, by the way, I adore. They're so fast. They're so clean. On average, you have, like, a seven-minute turnaround. The washrooms in the venue were, like, a three to, like, let's say, like, a three-minute walk to get there. So fun. you walk out the stage, you go there, and then you go piss. And if you pace it really well... You can just walk back and basically walk onto the platform if you time it. I got panicked and I basically like jogged from the washroom onto the platform and I had like the new SPD sleeves on there tight. My hydration was good enough, but not good enough to like account for running right before squatting. So my calves cramped up really bad and I misgrooved the shit out of my second. Because I had to pee oh. before it. And I was like, oh, this is annoying. I was commentating and saw you jogging to the washroom, by the way, at one of the points. And I was like, oh, yeah. what is my man's doing? <laughs> you, you were in it. You're right. Because there's a washroom closer. Wada took it. Yes. And I was going to complain about that. I don't know why Wada took that one. Because I thought, because I got tested, by the way, I thought it was going to be like a small little like single unit bathroom. That's a full washroom with like walls and walls of stalls and urinals why did they take that one that's like um like 30 seconds away from the warm-up room it was right there uh, i think I in the future that is one note that i would give is um because i'm sure they're thinking whatever let's describe a washroom but i think in the future they should give the closest washroom to the athletes that yeah, are it, all there. it's not as big of an issue for like the b sessions because you have so much turnaround but for a sessions yeah it, it's you have zero seconds to spare almost. Um, so that's what happened on my second squat. And then as a Canadian lifter, you're both trying to convince the referees and the judges that the lift is good, but also the team Canada coaches that you can go up more because they are very conservative. They they want to build a total. So that squat, I kind of knew right away. I was like, you guys are not going to give me more than 265. I was like, I think I'm good for more. Kilos? That, I was like, sure. I wish they gave me 267, but off of how it moved and off of my competition history, I was like, I can't even convince these guys. So it is what it is. I'm happy I came back for it. I mean, 265 was fine. I think I was good for like 267, 270 on the day. But again, it's sport it is what it is. The fix for that that I'm going to do next time is I'm literally going to, before the meet, walk on the stage, walk to the nearest bathroom and walk back and time it. Mm. or and if it's like over seven eight minutes or however long a flight duration is i'm gonna bring a bottle i'm gonna piss in it that's never happening again that, that that's the, yeah i'm gonna go in a corner i'm gonna piss in a bottle because i can't be jogging onto a platform uh it, it killed me okay just just like i'm sorry ladies tell the coaches here's a towel just like the ufc spiders weighing in and and they got to make weight sometimes and they, they get, literally got to strip down yeah you give the coaches the towels and be like oh, I'm, we're doing this right here yeah, because yeah, they're around me, fellas. But any, anyways, yeah, that that was my squat excuse. Easy fix, but annoyed that it happened. It, it, and to the two and a half kilo jump from second to third, 
your your goal anyways was to get bronze and the Canadian coaches got you there. So they're probably like, look at woof, that was iffy. I know it's only two and a half kilos, but it's two and a half kilos less you're gonna have to deadlift oh, yeah. at the very end. And on that the top end call. deadlifts, yeah, it is what it is. What about so before we move on to bench, what did you think about Delaney Wallace's squat? I got this queued up. Delaney said, Do you want to watch this? Because this is his dancing before and afterwards and the whole nine. Are you gonna yeah, get it, it, is what he's gonna say is that they didn't like his dancing, so they overturned it? Yeah. Is that a theory? Um I don't think it's that. I mean, Delaney has always had like a very like borderline squat. Not borderline. It's shifty, right? He he has a very uneven squat. So one side looks a lot higher than the other, right? Um, so that gives a lot of precedence for like two to ones. It was the center judge though that gave him a red, right? I think yes. Yeah. I think so. And she's probably trying to look at both hips. And especially from the center, he looks very, like, off-kilter. And then, yeah, the jury was just being aggressive, all worlds. And their only angle is the stream angle. And yeah, on stream, he looks a little off-kilter. And they're being overly strict. So I don't think it was a thing of, like, oh, they don't like his dancing. I think it was just being overly subjective and overly strict with the depth ruling and depth is unfortunately a rule that is like it's subjective. I understand Mm -hmm. that like the rules say like hip crease below knee, but I think anyone that has watched or been in the sport for more than like two international mates knows that isn't true. Depth is subjective. It's what the judges say is depth on the day. Dude. I I talk to people in, particularly if it's the untested and my God, I see some people in training and they're like, why aren't you posting this? And I'm like, if I post this, do you understand what the comments are going to be? They have no idea that this is high. And and I see the untested, like it's not through and through. There are people who sink their squats in the untested, obviously, but there's some federations that just terms of depth being, you know, uh, completely just subjective. Oh my gosh, man. Um, now, IPF Worlds is the strictest of strict. And then on the spectrum, there are people who have like no idea. And they're like, I never get repost. Dog, you're, you don't want me to repost it. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. You're, I'm not helping you if I do that. But to your point, but the, I will say, I thought Delaney Wallace's, um, I thought his squat was, was good. I didn't think it should have been overturned. And um, I don't know about the whole dancing and the whole night. On the podcast, I haven't dropped his episode yet. He definitely says he got mentioned that some people like, man, it does not look like they're very happy with the dancing. Maybe tone it down a little bit. But does that that one does maybe not does not affect the other? Yes, both can be true. One, yes, they might be like that's. I think that's annoying as the ref. They might be like, oh my god, here we go. And still, they might think that your squat wasn't wasn't to standards. So they both might be true. So when he heard that or seen judges react to him or whatever, that might not be a lot, but also the judge might've been acting ethically correct by saying true. Yeah. I thought that was annoying. I'm a human. I, that's not for me, but I'll still judge you fair. And I didn't like your squat. Now I happen to be of the mind that the squat should have passed, but I'm not convinced they took it away from him due to dancing, even though I think 
the squad should have passed. It is what it is. Obviously, Delaney's, when you're the athlete yourself, though, and you know when we get, we're about to get into the bench. I understand, though, when you're the athlete, you have a different feeling of frustration when it's you. And I understand also because I'll hear Delaney and I'll look at him and be like, no, I legitimately think your squat was low enough. So then as an athlete, you start looking for reasons why. And you know, maybe I was annoying people. And then you start thinking, whatever. A lot of people, though, I've heard be like, they just don't like me. It's personal. This has happened a couple times. It's, I, I think it's too, e- like, it's a fun excuse because then you can just brush off responsibility. Be like, oh, they're just haters. But I, I don't believe that, like, for the most part, judges are vindictive. Um, I do think that, like, maybe it can influence the decisions. Uh, you know, Gaston and and team don't seem to like the frills. They do seem to want to just be like lifting, get off the stage. We have like a we're trying to fit within like a Eurosport two hour time slot or whatever. So I can understand sort of the reasoning and the logic behind like oh they did it for my dancing, but when it's a call like depth, again let's just go with Occam's razor. What's the simplest explanation? It wasn't deep enough. I I too agree with you that I think it was deep enough. I think it was a good squat, but. When everything else is being judged so strictly, and it's such a it's a call with so much gray area, such as depth, why do we need to resort to like conspiracy theories? Like it was depth. It sucks. It was a bad call, but it was a depth call. Yeah, and and again, I don't fault Delaney for feeling certain ways because it's different when you're in there and you got feelings attached to it. Yeah. Lifters are going to be different when it's your lift, um, but from on the outside, yeah. I think it's probably usually Occam's razor is a nice one where it's the simplest answer. They don't care for your dancing, but they're not going to rob you for it. They just are going to be like, I didn't think it was deep enough. Um, So it is what it is moving into the bench. So after the, after the squats, how are you feeling anyways, before we get into the bench, are you thinking you're good? You're pacing. Cause you're still wanting to pace for bronze. I I, I was asking who missed. <laughs> Because even though I went three for three, I pretty much considered it like I had missed my third. Um, Because I I basically hit around where like a second should have been. So if I Mm. still want to be in the running for like any sort of like podium or positioning, um, I needed people to start missing. So that's the question I asked. I was like, who missed? And the answer I got told was a lot of people. Like (laughs) a lot of people missed. And I was like, nice. I was like, good. Let's let's bench then. Let's let's start going. I was anyone bomb out? Huh? And you're like, anyone bomb yeah. out? Any injuries? Like, All right. Well, maybe bench yeah. then. Maybe in bench to get hurt. Limping around. They were like, Jaren's kind of looks a little like bad. And I was like, perfect. Let's perfect. Let's, yeah, let's go bench. You're hey, good. As a, He's ranked ahead of me. Uh, yeah. As a person, as a friend, and as like an as an athlete outside of it, it's like you hate to see it. But when you're competing right there, I'm like, I I hope you hurt yourself on your first squat. That sounds perfect. See, Excellent. You- a lot of people are like, uh, I want to beat you at your best. No, and I've already I, said that on like officially on the podcast. I don't care. I think that getting to the last deadlift healthy is part of competition. It's something that I failed at a lot. And I didn't think that was like bad luck. That was just me being a bad competitor. So I don't know. To me, it's just like, okay, you messed up. And now I get to like capitalize on that. Or I'll also mess up that we're on a living playing field. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I don't care about 
beating people on their best day. I just care about beating people as is. You know, everyone knows the date. It's not like anyone was surprised that like we're competing on what was it, June fifteenth? Um, you got to be ready on the day, and if you're not, you're not. And if I'm honest, like that is what it is all about. That legitimately is like if it if it was me in there, I'd be like, I just want to win. I don't care if I win ugly. I don't care what happens. Um, like if you if you get injured, bomb out. Will I celebrate? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I probably will. Yeah. If I win, I won. Your body gave in. My body did not. We put our bodies to the test. That's kind, that's that's all we're doing. Yeah. We're just putting our bodies to the test. Yours gave out. I don't. I don't know what what you did wrong, but something because uh, like, I just I'm care the if they show way. up. If they don't yeah. show up, then it's like ah, that sucks. But if they show up, all you know, no holds barred. No holds barred. It's refreshing. You know what? Nobody says this. Nobody. Everybody says, "I want to beat you at your best." Nobody comes on here and says what you just said, and be like, "Because you know I sneaked I in the third. You have a bunch of champions on that are like <laughs> best of the best. They need a bigger challenge. I'm like a little rat. I'm like a little weasel. I just like pulled myself from ninth to like just on the podium, not silver, <laughs> not gold. Third, I just weaseled my way in. So you're I'm like, like, yeah, you're like, I'll take anything I, I can get. <laughs> I'm not above them." <laughs> Yeah, like Jerns fell off the table and I ate his food. This is yeah. what I'm at. This is what I'm at. If he had the best day of his life, I wouldn't be on the podium. Fair. So, uh, Fair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's refreshing anyways. It's refreshing. This is why you got, I got to have more third places on the podcast, man. What am I doing bringing the champions on? They're, they're too yeah. uptight. Third places call it like they see it. Shoot from the hip. <laughs> um. So, so how about the bench press? This is where the controversy comes. And it was, look at looking back, we all know all's well that ends well. But, and now you got some jokes. I seen you, you posted in, in the stories and people are, are like, he's got to dye his hair the same as the bench press, whatever. It's become a joke now and we could all laugh out because you ended up in bronze. It's all good. But at the time, what the fuck? What, what were you thinking? Okay. It is only a joke within like our own circles. Um, Someone sent me a TikTok, I think by Joseph Tang of the UK, and he posted some little like thing where I was like, why did this lift not count? And it was my bench. And there were some comments in there that just got me like, like angry. It, it's very clearly like juniors and kids that have like never competed going off about shit they have no idea about saying like, oh, well, he's a world level competitor. He should know the rules. Like no head overhang is allowed. I printed out the rules. For this show, I printed them out. I know the rules. I'll read them right now. The lifter must lie on his back with head, shoulders, and buttocks in contact with the bench surface. Doesn't say anything about head overhang. Doesn't say anything about your hair can't be off. It says it has to be tied up. But there's nothing about like a certain amount of your head percentage-wise needs to be on the bench. It just says head needs to be in contact with the bench, which mm. it was. She was telling me was. she yeah. was telling me to move down the bench. Which means that it's not like my head was coming off of the bench, like uh forwards, if you will, or upwards. So it wasn't really the hair, because the hair might have like given that like uh, like perception of light between my head and the bench. It was that she felt that too much of my head was hanging off of the end of the bench, which is a non-rule, which is why I'm so pissed about it. I will give leniency to referees and judges when it comes to more subjective rules, right? Which is why I feel especially angry and, and shafted about this one. Because 
Okay, if you have someone like, again, let's, let's go back to the Laney squad. It's a depth ruling. Depth is, it's a gradient. We, there's no hard and fast rule on it. So even if it's like ex, like excessively deep, you can still at least say that like, man, they're just being really strict this year. With mine, I just felt like this is a non-rule. I'm being told to do something that you have no right to tell me because this isn't a thing. Proprioceptively, too, is why it's so ang- like it's so infuriating because she's telling me to put my head on the bench and I can feel my skull digging into the pad. So I proprioceptively, I don't know what the hell to do. She's telling me to move down, but I'm like, my, my head's in contact. I can feel it. I know it's not floating because I'm digging it into the pad. Um, so, so yeah, she uh, wanted more of your head on the bench. It's what she's yeah, saying. which she isn't. Said, I don't see enough. Not only is it not. It's not a rule. It's geometrically impossible. The head mm. is spherical. The bench is flat. Percentage-wise, only so much of it can touch at any given moment. Even if I move mm. further down the bench, it's not like more of my head is in contact with the bench. It was a non-rule, which is why I'm still so angry about it. And, and why I think that, like... <sighs> I want to almost go so far as to say, like, they need to, like, review their own rules. Like, the judges need to be retested. Because... Yeah, I got called for something that shouldn't be a call at all. It, it, it was a genuine non-rule, but sports, sport, whatever. It, at least, again, all's well that ends well. It will, I mean, put it this way. Um, we talk about lifters making mistakes, coaching staff making mistakes. If that was a mistake on her end where from her angle, due to, I don't know, if it's whether it's from the hair because it's two-toned, and then the head's hanging off. It looked worse from her angle. And then on second, when you came out for your third, maybe she adjusted her angle and is like, I'm giving them a star command. Either I, way. I also sold it to her on her third with like my setup is I didn't change anything other than I sat down on the bench and then I scooted forward a bit <laughs> and uh, then I laid down. And I think that's all I did. And she was like, okay, yeah, start. Which I've is like, scoot. I I've yeah, I sat scoot. and then I scooted, and that's it. So that's what it is. Dumbest, dumbest call. I think genuinely bias again, but I think that might have been like one of the dumbest calls of the meet, and there were some dumb calls. Do you think she's she she's personal on you? What's your conspiracy theory? You got to have one. I'm not saying I'm not saying that live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll leave it there, but. You end up getting um, two out of three. All's what it, all is well that ends well. Uh, what were you thinking after bench? Are you thinking because you'd only missed? Well, frig. I guess in your mind's eye, here's the thing. So in your mind's eye, you went two for three in squats because you ended up with your second attempt weight roughly anyway. So you're like, I'm behind. Yeah. Bench happens. Like bench happens and you end off with the what is it that we got or here 165 165 okay. yeah so you retook the same weight you ended off with your second attempt weight again you've been in this, this before now this is yeah. where things get dicey and i can't remember if i said this on the commentary or not but i feel like this is something i would say i think i did say this in south africa it came down to the big eraser you can erase all mistakes and all injustices or however you want to view it with that one big eraser you have of the deadlift. South Africa, it didn't happen. For, or sorry, not in, in Turkey. Uh, Turkey. In Turkey, yeah. it didn't happen for you. In Turkey, it didn't happen. However, Canadian nationals, it did. 
So when you came out for the deadlift event, we won't get to the last deadlift yet. Oh, that video I do want to play. That video, that's hype. We'll watch that video together. But as you're walking into deadlifts, are you thinking, are you of the mind, this feels like fucking turkey to me? Or are you of the mind, this is Canadian Nationals, I am the miracle man, it ain't over yet. What's going on right now? I was so filled up with so much frustration. I was kind of just like, let's just get it over with. Oh, really? (laughs) I didn't really feel like I was ready to clutch. I didn't feel like um, I wasn't getting flashbacks to Turkey. I was kind of like, just get me out there and let me just pull. Because at least with pulls, I can like vent my frustrations a bit. And I also know Mm. that I I pull better frustrated. But yeah, I was kind of just like let's just get this over with. Let's see what I can pull today. And let's just see where we land. Uh, I, I did think that actually podium was out of the question by this point. I was like, it's, it's over. Like my aspirations of hitting podium are done. Let's just go see, like, like I said before, how I asked the Canadian team where we are in the standings, what's going on after bench. I didn't ask. I was just like, let's just, let's just pull. Um, <laughs> like maybe, like maybe the silver lining of the meat is like maybe I'll get to have a little deadlift battle with Ina, but let's just go pull. Um, I wasn't defeated. I was kind of like, ah, we got to move forward from this. Let's let's just take what we got, sort of. And I, I thought that podium was out of the question. I thought it was done. Like I said, I thought I finished like sixth or fifth. So then, when you opened up and you miss your opener, now you're really got to be like, well, fuck me. (laughs) If you thought that going into debt, let's just get this over with. I'm not having a great day, okay? You're like, I swear to God, if one more thing doesn't go my way, let's just just get a nice, easy opener and let's just just have a good deadlift battle. You walk out there and miss your opening deadlift and you got to be like, well... What? Yeah, the KOTL podcast is going to be awkward. You're like, well, this is going to be. I felt, I felt empty. I just walked back there and I was like, all right. I was like, I'll just go do it again. I don't know. I'll just go do it again. Like, there was you all. Sorry, go ahead. I I went from being only like super frustrated, but ready to like ballot out and like at least finish strong. Just like, let's do it again. I guess. Like, it's just one of those days. Like, we're not doing anything today. It's done. It's over. And in your counterpart, Adam, on like our one-two punch, this is where he started missing those pulls at the end. And um, he started falling behind as well. Like the vibe in the back room for Team Canada must not have been overly positive until the very end, obviously. But Oh, I have no idea. I leaned against a wall and just zoned out until they told me to go lift. Um, mm. poles were like, I've never been so like utterly emotionless and still between poles. I just sat there and just waited until so like, all right, bars loaded, go get it. And I was like, okay. And then second I hit it. It felt like nothing in my hands. And I was just like, I don't care what you load. I was like, really? I said, I said, just give it to me. I was like, just load whatever you think is there. Uh, load whatever you want. I don't know what You're the like, stand is like. Just load it. You went, you, you went from <laughs> watching everybody conversing with every single attempt to not paying attention and be like, I, what do you want to do? I don't fucking care. Just load the goddamn bar. 
I want to go have a couple drinks. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's I was go. like, just let's just get this over with. Because I thought let's it was done. I thought it was over. I was like, all right, just load whatever you think I have, I guess. Uh and I'll I'll be back there. Just tell me to get a lift. Okay, we're gonna watch this last one together. But do you at least know how much is on the bar when you come out to it? Yeah, because I can count plates. Okay. So you know this is um 367.5. That's right. Yep. And dude, this ended up being just two and a half kilos behind Anna. Uh three. Because I mean, he hit three seventy point five. Oh, that's right. That's you right. gotta give the man his credit. You got that chip. Them, I almost short that people are like this is you being biased because you're Canadian. Um, let's pull up. Here's your deadlift. All right. I'm gonna pull this bad boy up. Let me share this freaking screen with you, kind sir. All right. This ended up being for the bronze medal to hit the podium like you wanted. Is what happens when you're a monster deadlifter. With one pull, you can go from ninth to onto the podium. 367.5 is a monstrous pull. It's more than Nick has ever done, but not by a long mile. We've seen Nick pull 361 and win Canadian Nationals. The 340 was fast, and this is a... 27.5 kilo jump it's not you know it's got to be said he redid his opening weight twice but he wasted no energy on a second weight maybe that helps him in the long run we'll have to see he'll be fresh 367.5 for a dramatic podium finish is this a deadlifters delight day here he comes <laughs> He's had a frustrating day. It's time to exercise those demons, young man. Let your frustrations out. Oh, Nick Manders! Looks like he's finished in style. And he did. Three white lights. And you can never count a deadlifter out. Not when they pull 800 pounds in 83 kilo class. After a less than perfect day. Nick said, I don't need the tactical advantage. I pull 800 pounds. <laughs> and this is what happens. He misses lifts. Things don't go his way. And he erases everything. And now here's Enahoro. Three. Well, there it is. Um, and yeah, dude, I keep throwing that quote around. But listen, people list literally mention you like Mr. Tactical Advantage and blah, blah, blah. They always bring up that quote yeah. as a dynamite quote. But you, yeah. And now that I hear my commentary back, that's how I described your day was a frustrating day. And I guess I get now that I hear it back. Yeah. Until then. I got, I, I guess I wore it on my face. Like I wore it in my body language. Cause um, I think JP Couchy also did like a review on our session. And he said that I just looked frustrated. Um, Again, like uh, any video I've seen on like that's been sent to me from like TikTok, people are like, he looks so pissed off. There was a comment actually on the White Lights Media, the YouTube thing they did with like uh, yeah. the battle between Ina and uh, Delaney, where someone asked, Where's Nick? And then someone replied right away, They're like, Why would we want to see Nick just stomp around like a little baby after missing all of his lifts? And I was like, <laughs> You're like, True, Look, but that I, hurts. You know? Yeah, true, <laughs> but. I was pissed, but you would be too. And I was like, I didn't think it was that bad. But I, I guess like, ah, if people are calling me out for it, it's bad. 
but I was uh, pissed. I don't know. I, well, I don't want to like, it's not like I'm going to miss my 340 opener after a day like that and be like, oh, well, and just like walk <laughs> off all cheery. Like yeah, I want to like throw true. my head through a wall. I was having a bad you, day. You were literally like, please let everything go right in the deadlifts. And then you miss your opening pull. I've and you're like, never what? missed a deadlift on balance either. Like, I think the last time I, I missed a deadlift like that was 2018. So it was just like, I know why, too. It was just like this annoying. I fixed it for my second and my third. What was it? The carpet. Everyone had to deal with it. So I, I don't consider this like a major like disadvantage. We all had to deal with it. But like, I, I did make a post about it. It's not like the biggest deal. It was an easy enough fix once I identified it. But yeah, the, the carpet was very loose. So... You can actually see my foot when I start to pull, like, turn out a bit. And because of that, my feet just turned out and I, like, slipped. Like, I, I lost my balance. But um, on my next couple, I just, like, sort of, when I set my feet, I, like, pulled the carpet out. Like, I pulled the slack out of it from, like, my midline. And, and I secured myself well enough that, like, that wasn't an issue anymore. But I, I knew right away, too, because when I stepped, when I put my foot down, I was like, my foot's moving under here. Like, the carpet's very loose. Um. Again, they should fix that, but we all had to deal with it, so I don't consider that like a like a bench call where I thought that I, I was being like weirdly subjected to it. We all had to deal with the carpet. No one else had that issue. Um, I just fixed it. It was fine. But that's you know, what happened. You know what? I can back up that you actually now I remember you showing me when we when we were on the podium we took or when we were on the platform we took a couple pictures and you were like take a look at this and I was like oh damn. And it was right where your feet were, the bubble yeah. up and everything. And I seen it. So I can actually attest. Um, yes, the carpet had like um it was it was bubbling up by the end of the, yeah. the deadlift session. But um, yeah, were you shocked at all after you found out? Like, first off, I got a theory. Before we get to Anaharo Delaney and how everything ended up on the podium, I have a theory that you took your opening weight twice. I already told you this day before at the at the hotel lobby. You took your opening weight twice, and you were fresh as fresh comes for your final pull. And it was crazy pace the whole nine. And Ahoro, who tried going 370 and up twice in the same day, 370, then 380. And Delaney was talking about he was gassed by his last pull. And he's like, man, I don't think I got another pull in me. And some people had admitted, like, by the last pull, I was pretty, I was pretty smoked. And I, I can't remember what Enoharo said, but I'll have him on a podcast at some point and, and ask him. But what do you think about when this top end pulls having a little something in the reserves and it might have worked out okay, all's well and as well anyways? Um, so for Delaney and Ina, they're very inefficient pullers. Um, I know that's crazy to say about Ina because he's the best 83 puller. But his pull is very inefficient. I think anyone that looks at it can tell. Everything's locking out at different times. He has to brute force a lot of it. And you have to use a lot of musculature. You get pulled out of position. You have to pull yourself back in a lockout. So it's very tiring. Um, I don't really have that issue. right? Um, as long as I'm within a certain percentage of where my top end is, my pulls are so efficient that they don't feel like anything. They're not taxing. So like after that mm. 367, it moved so incredibly well and was so efficient that uh, if that was my second, because I everyone was saying, okay, then go do it in the warm-up room. 
I can't do anything in the warm up room because like there's just no crowd, there's no hype, there's no reason, there's no point. Mm. Um, but I do think that if I hit like a my plan second of we were planning to go three sixty three to take the chip away from Ina, um, or not away from him, but just to utilize it while we could. I think I, I had three seventy five to. I think at least I had a better shot at 380 than Ina did on the day. Um, oh my god! I can't say I guarantee 380, but I can say I'll guarantee 375. The way that 367 moved, um, it barely felt like anything in my hands. I felt fresh after. Um, my big indicator too is that once my deadlifts start to get sloppy, um, my thumb will go right. Like the skin will start to tear. Um, my thumb was like perfectly intact after that. So I, I was fine. Um, whereas like for Ina and Delaney, with these tight turnarounds, yeah, it's something that they should consider is taking either um, lighter seconds and bigger jumps or just scrapping the second entirely. Uh, that's something I brought up with Ina, as I said that if, if you're going to only ever shoot for first on your third, start scrapping your second. I put the idea in his mind to start scrapping his opener as well. He didn't bite. Um unfortunate a bait. that was a bait sir that's oh, what absolutely do. but I, I i said it with like enough sincerity that i was like hopefully it just gets into his head and like maybe next you're world like you're like hey man i care about you you know that yeah i'm like you, you. You, you, look you're you you need to just like don't even do the opener just like just, just do the third and then like he bombs out and i'm like Woo! yeah like, you, he sees video but, you come out afterwards like yeah. fuck yeah but right oh, away, yeah, he, was like, he was like, I'm Yo, not Sheffield, doing that. I was like, SPD, right, where are you? <laughs> yeah, so, I tried. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, man. This You you are the guy who said earlier, like, I, I don't, I just want to beat you. I don't care if yeah, it's your I, best day. I, I don't care if you fell for tactics and tricks. Um, but yeah, I, I do think if you're going to go all in on your final poll, like, and he does, we all know how the story ends. We all know he's going to load up on his final poll and go for that gold medal. And he's already medaled now twice at the world championships. How many times do you want a podium? And, or if you really want to be a world champion, if this is really like, how much would you bank on that world title? When you already have podium finishes now, two years in a row, would you, if I said to you, let's conserve energy. Or if you want a second, it's super light, way lighter. And we're taking a big jump at the end. Because you got to be as fresh as possible. And you're right. And Horo's freaking polls come up like segments. Yeah. And his coach says it comes up like segments. And it comes up like he, like a cork. He's on, on corkscrewing almost. And um, and then it starts coming out of his hands, etc. If you only got one big one like that, because it is kind of... And, and it might not be something he could fix. It might be the imbalances in his body. So it's just the way it's going to be. I don't know. And maybe he can minimize how much that looks, but it's always going to be a little bit untidy. Yeah. You got to figure this out and work with what you have. And I, I just, I'm thinking moving forward now after I see it. And this is 2020 hindsight. His coaching staff did the best they could on the day. I mean, it's easy to in 2020 hindsight. I get it. But now moving forward, I think they should have that conversation with them amongst themselves anyways. Be like, do we just want to go all in here? Do we want to win this? Do we take a second or do we take a really light second and we just go all in on the last one? But let me put this in out there, Nick. Do you have to go pee, sir? 
I was waiting for you to finish, and I was going to interject and be like, I'll answer that in a second and then go. Dog, do I not know you or what? I get fidgety. I, get... I move around <laughs> a lot, yeah. You you can't play poker because people read you like a book. If you're frustrated, you got to pee. Or oh, I, hungry, yeah, I suck at it. Yeah. Listen, I don't play poker. Go... I play poker online, yeah. All okay. right. I'll, I'll go to the washroom. We'll finish this. Hey, honestly... All right. For me, so having... after an hour and a half, only pissing once—that's way better I'm, than last dude, time. I couldn't I'm be prouder. This is like <laughs> this is like you on the podium all over again. I, I couldn't be prouder, dog. Um, so I, I, w- I was just queuing up, and a horror in how going for gold, blah blah blah. However, that's 2022. That's 2023, but 2024 might be a little different because previously. It would be a given and a horror is going to be deadlifting last. 2024. Are you out deadlifting in a horror? I will out deadlift him, but I don't know if I'm going to be the one pulling last. I think that mindset wise, that man, like. Ideally, if, if we're both going into polls with two polls and it's like coming up to the third. <clears throat> we're both pulling for like the same position or whatever. It becomes a game of chicken. And hmm. I think I lose that game of chicken. I think the way that I pull and the way Ina pulls and, and the way Ina thinks versus the way that I think I'm much more willing to just put in a number that I think will like secure me the spot. And Ina's more willing to wait and see, and then just like put it all on the line. I think that I, I definitely have it within me to um, push him past that position, but I'm not going to pull him. Because that would mean that he would need to attempt something, and then I would need to attempt something more. And I do think that, like, through almost luck, Ina can roll a better dice than I can, almost, on deads. Right? Like, if he is to attempt something, um, and he hits it, and it's like an all-out max attempt, I can't match that, per se. Like, let's throw it out there. If Ina attempted 400 and I attempted 400, our chances are both pretty low, but he has a slightly better chance. Um, And then if he misses it, I think that he would attempt something so high that I can't do it. So I'm not pulling last with Ina, ever. It's a game of chicken, you know, and I'm losing in, in, it every in, time. In a year's time, not, okay, not attempt selection-wise, because you might be right in terms of his mentality, um, but... Let's just say top end deadlift strength. Do you think you're outpacing him where you could catch up in its parity? Or do you think you might even be stronger top end strength pull for pull by next worlds? And this is a year from now by next worlds. I think by next worlds, I out pull Ina four times out of five. Because again, he has that luck factor. He has that luck factor where if he just like, if the stars align almost and he just wedges them perfectly, we almost saw a 385 which 380 this year barely moved. So he does just have that weird sort of like, it might. Um, But I think other than those weird times that we actually haven't seen yet, like we haven't seen 380 plus move yet. Um, I think I, I pull him in a year. And this is where that, his game planning will have to adjust to the field of worlds that he's going to be facing because you're going to be hitting your second smooth. Like you said, if you're that type of deadlifter, 
where your seconds are pretty bang on. Technically speaking, you're pretty bang on. And you could fall back onto your second. But he's a little more hit and miss-ish. Yeah, it depends on... It's going to be tough. It, it's, it changes everything now that he's got to deal with you. If, pre, if you weren't around, before you entered the picture, his game plan is always easy peasy. Just, I pull last. It's it. I'm always going to pull us. I'll always have the last say. I get to decide what medal I get. It's up to me what medal. Do I want gold? Do I want silver? Do I want bronze? I will decide. Thank you very much. Because of your emergence into the scene, now they're like, now we got to deal with Nick. We don't get to decide. And not only, you're not just a guy who's pulling for deadlift medal, though. You're good enough to pull for the podium as well, is the problem. If you were an amazing deadlifter, but you were consistently in fifth or sixth, they're like, whatever, great. Uh, let him pull for a deadlift medal. He's not. But the thing is, you're actually podiuming. So now it's like, oh, shit. We we got another deadlifter in. And by next year, I don't know. We don't know where you'll be at. Yeah, I mean, even this year, if presumably I get my, my second bench, we jump five, I get my third bench. We're now in a close enough spot to second, right? Because Ida only beat me by seven and a half kilos right mm-hmm. take off five from bench that's a two and a half kilo gap he's now put into a position where does he pull for gold or does he secure second right because at that exactly. point i think even the team canadian staff would be like it's another two percentage wise on that kind of pull do we load for bronze or do we load for silver just load for silver right so then what is he gonna do um and, and yeah hopefully in 2024, um, I, I put together enough of a meet, fingers crossed, subtotal-wise and leading up to third pole, that it is no longer just me pulling into bronze, and then, because Enid didn't have to actually worry about me this meet. It, it, it sounds fun storyline-wise to talk about, but really, Ina was focused on Delaney, Delaney was focused on uh, Ina once he snuck up, and they could forget about the rest of us. Um like you, you had that thing on your King of the Lift story, um, talking about how I wasn't featured on the White Lights Media video uh, regarding the uh, the battle for gold. The reason I wasn't part of that video is because I never had a shot at gold. Ina did. Ina's third pole was for gold, but at no point was I taking any lift that could have put me anywhere past bronze. Right. So, by, but hopefully by twenty twenty four that changes. I would love it to change. That's that's the goal. Um, like I'll say it now, my goal this meet was to come third. I thought that anything above that was a, a fairy tale, and maybe that's a bit of like a you know a, a bit like a lack of confidence in myself, feeling like I maybe didn't belong. But after this meet, after podiuming at Open and Worlds, no, I I'm in the conversation. I, I am a proper 83 lifter. I'm just as much of a threat as anyone else. Next year, I'm not going to just settle and like walk into the meet thinking third is good enough. Like, I'll, I'll be up there with just like Ina. I'm pulling for the win. Or at least to take Ina's spot if he's second. To make him think about it. Does he defend second or does he go for gold? But yeah, that's, I, I want to threaten these guys. That's exactly what... Yeah, if somebody drops the ball and it's a tough day, look at South Africa, um, 
Now, for sure, Delaney's total came down, whatever the heck, like 20 kilos. And that happens on World, world sometime. But everyone's total came down South Africa. But if that happens and your total doesn't come down, you're pulling for gold. However, if, if Delaney's on point and he's doing whatever the hell he's doing, then yes, you can apply pressure from behind. And instead of Enoharo just being like, I'm going after Delaney and nobody's chasing me. Yes, yes, Nick is. There will be people. Yes, they will be. Nick will be, I will, and, and because you sacrificed, because you already got bronze and you've got bronze, you've already podiumed. You might have the conversation with yourself and be like, because you will probably have someone going after your bronze. It's too tight. It's just too tight a race in the 83s. Someone's probably going to threaten you from behind coming from fourth or fifth as well, going for your bronze. You might have a 60 second conversation with the Canadian coaching staff. Are you willing to risk your bronze medal for that silver? And what helps you make that decision is I already have a bronze medal at home. I don't have a silver yet sometimes, or maybe that day you're like, nah, let's, let's end up on the podium. So I'm a consistent podium favorite year after year. People remember me on the podium. I don't know how you're going to have that conversation. I do know what you were like in Turkey, <laughs> but, but that was Turkey. That was junior worlds. And you said yourself, like podium doesn't exist at junior worlds, only a champion. So you went all in and it's a little different at open worlds. And it's true. You podium at open worlds everybody's like, well, I mean, everyone knows how difficult open worlds is and they're, everyone's going to be like, well, hats off to you. So I don't know. It'll maybe you don't even know until you get there and you start thinking about it, but that's a conversation to have I've in terms it. of the, really? I, I want to win. I do. I do want to win. I want to at least fight for it, but yeah, I, I don't want to have bronze again. If that's what we have to settle for, that's what we have to settle for. But in terms of just pure mindset going into meets now, um, we don't settle for bronze anymore. So when you have that conversation, like, do you pull to defend bronze or do you pull for silver and risk bronze? You're like, we're, we're risking bronze. We're not defending. Well, <sighs> the conversation on the day, like that 60 second conversation before you input the attempt, that's yeah. on the day. I don't even think about that shit like the day before the meet. Like I'm very much... Especially now as an open lifter, I think that like junior Nick and open lift open Nick are very different. Um, in that, whatever happens on the day happens. Like there is no game plan. There is no like, no, I need to hit these numbers, otherwise, like things won't go right. Like this is how I imagined it. Um, you need to be adaptable, and I think that right. you need to sort of like set those goals aside on game day and just execute, compete, trust that you'll end up where you're supposed to but training wise and going into the meet that's the 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 shift in my head it is now shifted from i just want a podium to i want to win yeah and yeah that's what the experience and the accumulation of achievements do for you as well it makes it easy to do that now talking about the canadian coach staff being conservative what was your take on jessica bittner Pulling for silver instead of gold when it's three kilos more. Made total sense. I mean, that that whole class. Uh, maybe it is like I like Jess. I, I'm obviously Canadian. Um, I thought that she got shafted a bit because her second deadlift. No idea what they called it for. Uh, Agatha's bench. I like Agatha as well. Uh, she gave me some vodka after the banquet, so she's cool. Um, but her bench shouldn't have counted, and the reason why it did count is infuriating. 
because I know exactly why it counted. Um, I went to jury, but the jury replay doesn't have audio. Can you believe mm. that? The jury replay in a, in a sport that necessitates audio due to commands doesn't have audio. So if someone gets called on skipping commands, but there's no audio, they gave her the lift. Um, aside from just like the benched up thing, that's just infuriating. That is like as someone cheering for Jess, at least that is annoying as all hell. Um, and then, yeah, her second dead as well. Um, very clean pull. Don't know what they called it for. Um, but yeah, I, I guess in that case, when you have so many things going against you, you have a second pull that was already called for reds and you don't really know why. And it probably was ramping. And with the way that Jess lifts, like she, the way she pulls, going up in weight, the ramping is probably only going to get worse. And when you're already secured bronze, you're like, what do we do with this pull? Even though it is only three kilos, you probably still go with just like the absolute safest denominator. Like, we already technically missed. Uh, what what was the jump? Do you know it was like two fifty? Let me. I'm gonna something. pull it up right now. It was like two fifty something to two sixty something. Um, but you've already technically missed two fifty something. Um, percentage wise, especially for females, that's a lot. You're gonna go up. Got to go up by like the absolute smallest increment. So I actually don't think that that was a bad call at all by by Garrett and Ryan. Um, all right, let me take a look at the numbers here. So Jess two fifty two or two fifty three because it wasn't a record. Jess hit two forty, missed two fifty two point five on her second, and then pulled two sixty three on her uh, third yeah. attempt and missed. So here's my take on this. Okay, I look at it like this: when it's three kilos, and, and for let me also say those Canadian fellas are bang on. So, and I don't think that I'm a better handler than that. And I've seen them. They got Jess a world title in the closest battle in 2022. And it was sensational. I mean, they are top of the line handlers. Don't get me wrong. And Eric Helms and all of them, they're geniuses at work. So let me just throw that out there. But um, in for me, Jess is the world champion. And if she's going to miss her last pull, if it's an all or nothing type of deal, Jess doesn't concede the world title. She throws on that three kilos and she pulls to defend her world title. And if she misses, she goes home telling everybody, I missed pulling for gold. And that's how I lost my world title. And it's a lot easier than telling the story. By the end of the battle, I had conceded that I had already lost and I didn't even try and I pulled for silver and missed silver and ended up with bronze. That's a lot harsher a story to tell everybody and to sit with for a year until next Worlds. And when I watch that, I tell myself stuff like, like how is this person going to deal with this? How do we envision this person leaves this day? They're going to leave three more kilos. They have the peace of mind knowing either you're going to become a world champion or you're leaving with the bronze and you had the winning medal, you had the winning pole in your hands and you went out on your shield. And when you go home, you tell everyone, what can I say? I pulled for gold. That's the way you're supposed to do, huh? I'm the world champ. You're going to take it from me. You're going to fight me for it. But I don't concede it. Not for three kilos. I don't concede my throne for three kilos. I'm the queen of the 76s. Conceding hurts. That's what hurt me. 
she's the champ and she conceded for three kilos. Not her. I, I don't know if she was involved in that conversation or whatnot. But um, that's where I'm like, no, no, Jess doesn't advocate the throne. You come to her fucking walls of her castle and she meets you at the walls and you fight for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't concede. You're not for three kilos. That's why I say that. However, having said that, they're, they have, they are literally the ones who got her that throne. They're literally the, the coaching staff that, that load her up right to the end. Expert attempts to push Team Poland right to the end. Just loaded up with the final pull and clinch the world title. And they've done this kind of thing before. And they're, they're geniuses at play. So I'm not pushing the issue or trying to make it a bigger thing than it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, um, you're not going to agree with everything. It is what it is. It's okay. Yeah, I, I guess if it is only three kilos. I swear you did. I did. Did, did my Game of Thrones style visionary make you be like, Nick, you're going to grab your sword and you're going to meet these guys? Yeah, die on your shield. You're going to uh, die in your shield? Yeah, I, or are I, you I, just, I, or are you going to go at the back door and advocate the throne? I, I've temporarily turned into Gavin Aiden. I'm going to start advocating for burning your ships. Um, no. Um, you know damn well Gavin, what Gavin Aiden would have done. Yes. Uh, his third squad would have gotten overturned again. Uh, That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like, she went three I like for Gavin. Three squad. I, he's going to come to Alberta. I hope he doesn't knock me down. Um, <laughs> I guess, yeah, only three kilos. But... Uh, it was already going to be such an ask. I guess that's another one of those scenarios where you're almost happy that they miss. Like, <laughs> but my point is, if you think she's is a huge ask and she might miss, let her miss pulling for gold and going home being like, when she has to tell the story, it's like, yeah, I pulled for gold, uh, had it up to the knees, didn't get it, or yeah, you know what, I conceded and just pulled for silver. Yeah, yes. but on, on the opposite end of that hypothetical, you you throw in an extra three kills, and you're like, ah. And then, like, it just gets to lock out and, like, the slightest ramp or the slightest hitch or, like, it falls, like, it drops. You're like, ah, what if it was three That's kilos okay. less? Yeah, exactly. So if you're having this conversation with someone like Jess or Taylor or one of the, or Delaney, it, every nine times out of ten, if I'm like, would you want to pull for the win? And we just had this conversation. <laughs> would you want to risk silver and pull for the win? They'd be like 100%. Like, well, I could have I could have shaved off three kilos and you could have walked away with silver, not bronze. They'd be like, let me pull for the win. I think every time, I think when you're at that level, I think it's like, would you risk silver to pull for, for but you could add silver. I think Jess is like, dog, I lost. Gavin Aiden's the same way where he's like, I feel like I lost. When when they come in, when you reach a certain level, when you hit silver, you all you're you all you're thinking is I fucking lost. I lost. I lost my title. So when you tell her, Oh man, I feel bad. You could have got gold medal if I shaved off three kilos. Maybe you would have got silver. She would have been like, I, I don't give a shit, man. Are you telling me I would have lost either way? <laughs> you know what I mean? The, I, like I think Jack, the, Jack yeah. The, Sorry, the unfortunate, ahead. the unfortunate reality then of that conversation is this: that you you are, or of that mindset as an athlete is that you are entering your third deadlift and you've already lost. I I mean. It's weird that this is yeah. coming for me, but you need to just like cut loose ends and just take what's there. Um, sometimes you need to just like go for a plan B. I think also we're talking about Team Canada, right? So I don't know how the other countries operate, but Team Canada does not treat their athletes as individuals in to the same degree of like uh, agency over attempts. 
I'm pretty sure you sign away your right to even do that. Like it's somewhere in the contract that Team Canada gets final say over every attempt, and their only goal is to increase team points as much as possible. So if they really do feel that you have next to zero percent chance of winning gold, but a decently higher chance of winning silver, it doesn't matter how much you protest that they're loading silver. They don't really and I actually think that this is good from them because athletes tend to bite off more than they can chew. I want to say that before it comes off as me like lambasting the Canadian team, but athletes to them are tools. It's not so much anymore that like, it's not like at a local meet where your handler is there to help you see out your vision. Um, you were there to help team Canada place as high as possible. Um, if that makes sense. Like you are no longer, they're no longer your handlers. They are your coaches and you are their athlete. Right. And I, and I respect that. Too. That's why I don't want to belabor too much. It wasn't, um, it's just cause it was three kilos or not. I agree. If, it, if someone's like protesting and like you were saying, if this is zero chance, but that's why it was when it was three kilos, I'm like, let, let her, let her pull, let her load up. But I do get your point. They have a different responsibility than me too. I'm looking at this as a fan. I'm looking at this as as a sports commentator who has storylines to tell and and et cetera. Whereas they're looking at this as we need team points. If we think silver is even though three kilos, three kilos is a lot at the top end, and that'll net team Canada, yeah, that's another point. And when they're looking at it, because a lot of these national teams, they go home and they get judged on how you did. Some years team Canada is in the top five, some years if you dip below. And you're trying to come back as a Team Canada coach again. Maybe they're looking at you like, wow, under you as the coaching, Team Canada didn't do as highly as we thought they should have. And this is kind of, this is the bigger picture responsibilities that those coaching staff have that I don't have to worry about as a fan who can nitpick and, and look at certain things. I, And that's why I say they're great at what they do. I mean, they they have gotten with the talent that Team Canada has. They've gotten world titles, you know, when when Jeff Butts in there, he wasn't there this year, but for Maria T, he was there when when Jess won, and Garrett was there when Jess won to like the junior coaching staff of they've done well. They've got like Ore Lee, obviously a junior champ coming into the uh the open this year as well. They've done their they've done their thing. And they also let you let the hammer fly at junior at juniors. You know I mean, they'll it's not it's different as juniors, but uh no, that that actually was um that that was Graham letting me let, let the hammer fly. Uh, he actually got okay. he got a little bit of a flack from Garrett after the fact, and he was like, "That is okay. not happening wow. ever again." Um, well, so. well, we'll see. Look, at, I don't mind. I I said this at Junior Worlds. Um, I was when you posted. I think you posted. Uh, was it the Batman, the Joker? And you said I got a little silly. Oh, that was just like a random stock image of some dude in an insane asylum. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was just okay. some random meme I found. Well, I was like, go all in. When I was watching it, I was hoping you're going to go all in. I was glad you did. And um, I don't know, man. It's, it's a fan watching. But again, Garrett's got to worry about team points, et cetera. And, uh, and he's got bigger obligations. Whereas I'm looking at, at this as a fan. Of course, as a fan watching, you're going to be like, please don't. Do the safe, yeah. safe. You you, know, you want to see drama? It, it's Let's no fun to drama. watch someone pull for like bronze to silver. To be honest, it, ah, it's it's a little fun, but it's not as fun. Not as fun as 
and Ahoro loading up coming from even you going from ninth to third. Well, as a commentator, when I say that on the stream, and I know, by the way, in a, you, you know, you the, the white lace, you talk about the white lace packages. I've said this a couple of times on the podcast now, but um, Eurosport essentially does their version of the white lace packages, but it's more robust and they'll probably have you in it. So when they show the highlight reels of the 83s, which is like an 45 minutes long with commercials, like an hour, they're going to have me saying that part being like, he's coming from ninth to third with one final pull. He gets to exercise all these demons on a frustrating day. That's the storyline when people watch as a guy who's just tuning in me, like, what is this powerlifting? And they see that they're like, oh shit, this guy's about to jump in. Like how you like me now type of move and come from ninth to the podium with the last pull. That's good sports though. That's like the knock. That's like the guy who's losing the fight. And in the 12th round, he knocks out the champ and he's like, oh damn. And everyone's like, oh my God, you should have seen this. Um, as a sports viewer, it's big. It's pretty big. But again, there's different ways of of looking at this thing. But yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. How about um, I wanted to get your opinion on also Canadians, Brit. Listen, right down to the last. It came down to the last freaking session, man. For a second there, so Jess doesn't win, and looked like Team Canada was gonna leave. Look, we got some podium. O'Reilly finished just off podium, but did that pull? Did the old? pull in the warm-up room whatever yeah she was good for 200 i was trying to bully her into i was trying to bully her into pulling 200 at uh the training room and and rory was not happy with that but whatever you were bullying her i was like just do it just do it just pull it i'll load it just pull it but um but she's someone to watch obviously for the future because she's what is she 21 22 she's still a junior isn't she she's still a junior she's a reigning junior champ she yeah. might be. If she's not a junior, she's just out of. Yeah. And um, actually, I got her. I got the year she's born right in front of me. What am I being lazy for? She was born in 1999. All right. She's not going to be a junior. She's no longer a junior. She is the she's same no, age I am. That's right. We are but now old. She's old is, is what I'm trying to say. She's she's probably passing prime. But um, she's washed. She's washed. Oh, here we go. That's the sound bite I'm going to play. But <laughs> um, But so Canada got... A couple of a couple of podiums did pretty good, but at the very last session, eighty four plus, holy shit, it just hit the fan, dude. Did you see this one live or? Yes, I did see it live. Were you in the stands or watching online? Uh, no, I was in the stands. Um, so I, I every think? every single session, or not every single session, but a lot of sessions after mine, I was in the stands with a, a bunch of McDonald's and a bunch of beer from McDonald's. So it, it was a good time. Nice. Yeah, Classy Malta. Dude, man. Malta has a uh, junior chickens for like a euro each, and like it's a piece of chicken breast on a bun. And they also have beers for like two euros each. So I would just go there with Ew. like five junior chickens and like a six pack, and uh, sit in the stands. It was a good time. Ah. Um. So yeah, I, I did see the eighty fours live, and um, I felt weirdly patriotic singing the Canadian anthem at IPF Worlds. Well, you were also like six beers deep and six chickens deep. Yeah, I, I was so, like, yeah, I was yeah, like half gonna... shit faced, but I was like, this is crazy. I was like, Canadian was anthem. Yeah. But, but hey, what a I wild still shootout. I still held myself better than Bonica did up there. So there <laughs> <laughs> it is. Whoa, here we go. Here we go. Um, we all knew this was coming, but um, yeah. So, 
It was crazy. This was one of the live sessions. So Eurosport did highlights for the other sessions. Millions of people are going to watch that. Beautiful. And if they're even close to the white lights version highlights and they are similar, people are going to are we're going to be converting some some fans because white lights did a freaking fantastic job. Live session. And they're hoping Eurosport is like, God, we need it. We need this to be a barn burner. We need this to be, you know, a, a drag out battle. And those ladies, obviously, Jesus did his damn thing and he won easy, but those freaking ladies, man, Brit coming like adding 30 kilos onto her total. What the hell? And um, Bonica hitting, they, there was like four world record squats in there. Something it was, like it was crazy because Bonica hit one in her second. Then again on her third, leaving with 289. And Britt hid, Britt broke the world record. So Nita broke the world record. Um, absolutely crazy back and forth. And um, and then in the bench press, and then the deadlifts come. And this is where things get a little spicy. Okay, and I'm not talking about your chickens. All right. I'm not talking about junior your junior chickens. Um couple one key part, Matt, Matt Gary had mentioned on the recap show team USA usually phenomenal again they're phenomenal coaching staff everybody does small mistakes here and there but moved Bonica's opening dead a little bit heavier because they said they thought they needed the kilos you don't get your kilos off your opener if you're banking on that it's dangerous because it's already top over. end it's a problem yeah her top end deadlift just is let me pull this up because I don't want to misquote. I'll pull up her. Okay, Bonica Brown. Hold on, you pull and that she'll... up. I drink up. I drink too much aloe vera because my throat hurts. I gotta go pee again. Okay. Go pee again. That sounds good. This is our break. Okay. So Bonica, by the way, if you call her Bonica, her her name is Bonica. She'll let you know. But what uh... if I call her Bomica? Oh shh. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. Fuck, man. Where did you come up with this shit? Oh, that one's not me. I'm not going to say who said it because I I feel like they'll probably get in trouble, but like, but but you'll come on Kingless podcast and toss it out there. You know, there's some people in France right now who are going to be slapping their knees when you're, when they listen. It's like, oh my God, he's doing it again. Um, oh, wow. Anyways, all right. Well, she's the 84 plus goat. She could take it. She's she's won enough titles. But so Bonica hit 252.5 is her PR deadlift. They put up her deadlift uh, opener to 240. So Mac Gary with Mac Gary's the game day goat was saying that's extremely close. If your top end you've ever hit on comp is 252.5 corny open powerlifting and your opening pulls 240. There's very little wiggle room in the deadlift event to go to second, to go to third. Oh, and by the way, if you end up having to retake, etc., it gets dicey. So a very rare flub on, on Team USA in terms of that. They, they don't make very many mistakes. They're, they're like the Canadian coaching staff amongst the best in the world. That needs to be said. But she does have three kicks at it. What did you think? Uh, it was dumb that like <laughs> she's already historically had issues with like heavy pulls, um, like world games. Like this has happened before, sort of. 
you know, uh, that's the reason that she has uh, blocked a lot of Canadians is because Rhea Stinn beat her at Worlds over her lack of deadlifting performance. So to sort of bank on suddenly performing well in the deadlifts again is uh, a really odd move. Uh, and one that I, I don't know if it really paid off all that well. Uh, no, but I, no, no, sir. It didn't pay off too well, did it? No, yeah, but like, what do you think? What do you think about the actual polls themselves? Like she thought oh, it was they controversial. Were, they were bad, and obviously, I'm cheering for the Canadian. I, I wanted Brittany Schlater to win, um, and I'm so happy that she did. And, and you know my mentality on things. If someone loses, I'm. If someone bombs out, that's just better, right? Because then we get to win easier. So. Every time I saw her getting like two whites, but then I looked over, like I had the perfect view where I would see the stage and then what's the jury doing? And the jury was talking amongst each other. I was like, it's going to get overruled. Like, look at how, look at them. They're all shaking their head. No, they're pointing at the screen. Lo and behold, overruled. I was like, all right. Yeah, that's, that's the good call. Um, I didn't have the same vantage point as I did with like Taylor's where I could say like absolutely for sure that shouldn't have counted, but it was still, the polls were still bad enough that like you could tell from like an, an upper stands point of view. I was like, these don't look clean again. Like when people lock out a pole, well, they sort of relax. You know what I mean? They like lean back, they settle and they sort of like, they can nearly exhale. They can nearly like, she never had that. She sort of like pulled it into herself and then like there's that constant like fight against the bar until you get that down command. So it was never sold as like a good pull ever. Um I don't think she was robbed. I think that they made bad decisions and she wasn't able to collect uh collect herself after those bad decisions and it paid off the way it did. And then she let herself continue to spiral even after deadlifts. So okay. So we'll talk on that. So usually Bonica wins. Bonica is the greatest 84 plus of all time. She's won world titles in and of equipment, world games, blah, yada, yada. Very rarely is she going to lose, but not only the first time she lose in ever. I mean, you got to go way far back for her Bonica to actually take an L. Um, she She bombed out and did not handle it very well. What are you thinking here? You like spice, but were you thinking? So I actually was out of character nice at first. I was in the stands. Everyone was starting to like, because let's be honest, not a lot of people stick around for podium. So everyone's starting to like leave. I was still there because Team Canada was sitting there waiting to sing the anthem. And uh, I saw Bonica sitting there on her phone. Um, Bonica, Bamaka, I don't care. Um, sitting there on her phone. Um, well, first she was just like, she wasn't on her phone yet. Uh, but her body language was like she was leaning against the backdrop. Um, which the backdrop is not like especially sturdy. So I was like that. I was just kind of watching to see like, is it gonna fall over? Because like it's just like a big, like, fabric backdrop, whatever. That's like, a like power. Yeah, it's like a it's not a wall. Thing. It's not an actual wall. Yeah, it's, it's not, not an actual, actual wall. wall. So I was like, it's weird that you'd lean on that. And it also said like power lift fitting or whatever at the top. Do you remember that? Hilarious. Uh, There's like the spelling error on that tarp. 
It's great. Anyways, so I was watching for that. And then when she pulled her phone out, I was like, there's no way. But I was like, you know what? She had a really bad day. I took a photo and I posted it on my close friend story. And I was like, this is crazy. But it's on my close friend story. There's like 70 people on there. I'm like, it's fine. Like barely anyone's going to know about this, blah, blah. But then I saw her stories. They got forwarded to me by a close friend saying like, is there any rules saying I have to attend the medal ceremony? And then like, like bitching about like the call. So I'm like, you're sitting there while like our Canada is like our Canadian is standing on the podium. You're sitting there bemoaning being there. So I took it off the close friend story and I put it on public and I put it on blast. And I think that story got like 500 shares or something before it expired. Like it blew up. Like my stories of her just like sitting there on her phone being like, not a great look, uh, blew up. And I'm very happy that they did because I went from being like, you know what? Sometimes even I'm a sore loser. I think that when I was up there during like the podium thing, because I wasn't exceptionally happy about my performance, um, I make some faces. My body language looks a little bit frustrated, you know, uh, like the the white lights commenter said, like I stomp around like an angry baby. But th- there's a routine feeling a bit upset about your performance and just being like outwardly disrespectful to that degree. Um, and And even coming from me, I think that that is something that deserves to be put on blast publicly. And it's why, like, I- I'm so comfortable being so disrespectful to her on here because uh, I almost feel like she deserves it. Uh, I don't feel any remorse for her after that. I-, I did up until I saw what she was posting, and it was sort of like, all right, I don't care. It's something, here's what I would encourage, encourage most people. If you're ever in a situation like something bad happened at the world or or whatever the situation is. Give yourself 24 hours. Don't post immediately. She literally posted while like it looked like she's posting yeah. while on the medal ceremony. I don't know if she's just checking replies to what she posted two seconds before she came out. It really doesn't matter though. Like it was, it looked like almost overlap time. And then to be seen on there, do you know? Yeah. People are collecting medals and whatnot and you're doing it. It's not great. It's not great. The best thing you could do is take 24 hours. When Taylor Atwood was super duper mad about the calls, etc. I, I was actually going to bring him up. He, I, he said he posted the only thing he posted, and you know he's mad. To your inner circle, you say what you vent because it's your inner circle, whatever. But when you go public, he posted congratulations, tagged Callie Johansson, said congratulations, you know, great job, whatever. And then I said. <clears throat> Do you want to come on the podcast and talk? Um, not right away, but like, you know, when a couple of weeks afterwards, when Dussel's like, we're two weeks after right now. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take some time on this one. And I said, you take as much time as you need. And that's how you play. I mean, he's, you give yourself time. You face forward, just put, Penna, that same thing for Euros when he bombed. I told, I, what, me and Penna talked in DMs. He talked about it on the podcast. And he's like, you told me, don't post anything for 24 to 48 hours. And then, cause he was super upset. And then he's like, you know what? By the time 24 to 48 hours pass by, even somebody telling you not to do that makes you second guess what you're about to, when you're going to finally post. And then he's like, I was already on my redemption story and like dealing with it in different ways and whatever. Just resist that urge. When the shit hits the fan on you, be like, I'm going to wait 24 hours, 48 hours. 
Let me just see how I feel. And then talk to in that 24 to 48 hours, you're going to talk to your inner circle. You will mention it and say the same thing. You ever get mad about something and you say the same thing over and over and over to your boys. And by the end of the night, you're like, fuck me, Nick. All right, dude. You say you're, 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 it's, we're going to double back on this again. It's but like the me thing with is, the bench. I can't get over that's it. Dog, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you came, you're right. You came with the bench rules. <laughs> so, so there we go. You do out, know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> you do know what I mean. So, um, but the good thing about that is when 24 hours pass, when you have said the same thing over and over and over to your friends and it's your inner circle, it's okay. They get it. They got your back. You exhaust that. And by the time 24 hours pass, you've said it so many times over. You exhausted it all. You got it out of your system. 48 hours goes fine. It's your inner circle. They get it. They aren't going to hold nothing against you. What you said, because you got their back the same and you're their venting system. And then 48 hours pass. You've already gone through it. You've gone through it a million times. You saw it a million times. You're past the anger stage. And now you're in a different stage. And if you want to talk about it now, when you're past the anger stage and you've exhausted that, now's the time. And in crisis mode, in a lot of avenues in life, give yourself that. So if someone pisses you off in life that's close to you, be like, I'm going to give myself a minute. If they're pressing you for something, be like, no, give me a day. Because I don't want to respond right now. But th- immediately... That's where you make mistakes. Like I think, I think it's. I'm not even gang piling on here. I think everyone can would agree it was a mistake to to have done handled it the way she handled it. Is probably something she'd look back and be like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do it like that. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe while people because people are getting their medals and you're not even paying attention, you're acting like you don't want to yeah. be there, and they don't. It's not about them. She's had a history, though, of like being a bit of a poor sport, being a bit of a like this isn't out of line of her character, which is a bit more concerning, which I don't know, like I forget exactly what she said. She's like, she's just being honest, something along those lines. But if that's just how she is, that is just how she is. I I think at least there's like a time and a place, if nothing else. Like you said, after 48 hours, it's out of your system. I think even if 48 hours has passed and it's not out of your system, you can still bitch and moan online. Um, Hell, I would have been okay with her bitching and moaning immediately after the ceremony, personally. I would have been like, that's fine. If the ceremony had passed and then she walked behind that curtain to her bag, picked up her phone, and immediately started going off, cool. I'd be like, yeah, you're pissed. I get it. It's the it's the disrespect of taking the spotlight away from someone who's earned it through just your own petty actions because like she has actually succeeded in doing that in becoming the center of attention in that medal ceremony which medal ceremonies are supposed to be somewhat boring you focus on the person that won and they deserve to have that limelight on them the entire focus should just be on them with the anthem playing that's a deserved position. But the focus of the 84 plus uh, podium ceremony is Bamaka being a poor sport. And that's the part that really rubs me the wrong way is that, like, she got away with it. I mean, that's what we're talking about right now. Like, she, she bombed out and yet is still somehow the most talked about person of that, uh, of that session. And, that's gross. For sure. Um, 
yeah, that that's what I don't think she was getting is uh, people are going to be upset when you're in the background doing that. I don't think she realized there's anthems being played and there's people getting medals, et cetera. And that's going to be a big hyper focus. And if you, you post that and then walk out, everyone's going to be seeing you post that and you timed it at that time on purpose. So even even if you were, it feels purposeful, there's no way that you're that like out of it that you don't know that there's cameras on you. There's people on you. You're walking out onto a stage. There's no way you're looking up and being like, Oh yeah, I, I'm on my phone. Like it's purposeful. Like you're actively trying to take away the attention from others that have beat you and redirect it onto yourself because you are you you can't believe that you're not the one on the podium right now. It, it is so so gross. Um, genuinely, she could not have waited three minutes. So uh, I have very little to zero respect for her and uh yeah Um, i mean put it this way though got a great photo with her though that's the thing is you ended up looking at the banquet i don't know how many how many spicy chickens you had in you and how many beers you had in you but you somehow got a picture with her and dude i said did she not know she must not have known uh, seen your stories yet or whatever, but you guys got a picture together. I was very nervous about doing it, but the, the people around me who I will not name names, um, were like, you have to, it'd be so funny. I was like, I, I really don't want to. I was like, I'm really scared. She's, she could kill me right now. I am like not in a position to defend myself. Like I was very out of it. They're like, you have to, I was like, okay, <laughs> it's like, take my phone. I was like, Bonica, I I was actually sober. I was like, Bonica, can we can we have a picture? Can we have a picture? And she was like, if you want to. And we we took it, and I ran away. We no, actually we were going troll. to we were going to actually be in that bar and like visit it. We left the bar. We have to evacuate, go somewhere else. You were so. the ultimate powerlifting troll at this point, man. It's become in the last like from one King of List episode through Worlds, and I'm sure after this drops. Dude, you. I'm happy that this is my legacy. (laughs) Nick. Oh my gosh, man. Oh my gosh. But all right. So my hope is um, when all the dust settles, Bonica's like, yeah, that wasn't. She comes around. And um, yeah. And just freaking, and all this changes. Oh yeah, we, I mean, we all love a redemption story. I'm not, I'm not above forget. Like, not that like, my forgiveness means anything, but like, I'm not going to like forever be like you're disgusting human being. If she redeems yeah, herself, yeah. I'm all for it. I'm with everybody else. Right. It's one of those deals where you always want someone to have a pathway back, and it's not like she killed somebody or whatever. She was disrespectful at a point, but um, I guarantee you. Every we have been as well, and blah blah blah. So you always want to be like, all right, whatever. It's watered on the bridge. It is what it is. You if you get disrespectful, and then people call you out on it, that's that's it. That's all. And then and then and then we move forward. And freaking next time's next time, and it's another opportunity to um, whatever hold yourself in a different manner. But uh, so for me, anyways, as a fellow Canadian who Canadian was on the platform one, and all that was going on, I'm already past it. It is what it is. But um, but yeah, you open yourself up to a little bit of scrutiny if you 
you know, openly try to do stuff like that, there will be people who comment on it. That's that's why when you go public with it, um, people are going to comment. That's here, there's another. That's why that's why maybe you take 24 hours because you got to be careful how you go public because because actions have consequences. Whoa, yeah, yeah. it's right. crazy. Yeah, be, <laughs> be careful. Got to be careful of that kind of stuff. Um, and it was Eurosport is another thing that. Um, yeah, that was on nothing. TV, wasn't it? Live on television. And I got to tell you, that's. We want everything to go well because it's representing us to millions of people all over Europe. And you want everybody to behave like it's like it's freaking like it's the Olympics, man. You, We all know this is the vision they have when they put it on there is like, make it look good. And um that's why when that kind of stuff happens for everyone involved that's putting it together and working on the media team and the whole nine, when you see that, you're like, frick, man. And then people are showing you the stories as it's happening. And I am commentating. They had me commentate the, the medal ceremonies for Eurosport, by the way. I commentate over it, talking about people's days and everything. And it's like, it's tough, man. Because I know what Bonique had already posted and I know all that, and I'm still for Eurosport going to be like, you know, hell of a competitor. When I'm talking about Bonica, you know, one of the greatest athletes of all time, one of the most, because I'm going to do my job as a profession. Yeah, you can't matter. just like suddenly start putting her on blast. Although it would be no. funny. Right. You, well, you should commit to the bit. <laughs> but, but I'm a, but that's where it is. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like, please, man, this is Eurosport. We're all trying to make this good stuff you like you know like it, it's tough it's the toughest but um it is what it is it's not for me it wasn't crazy huge deal i was like eh i wasn't like um oh my god upset and pissed off about it super duper but i could see where some people might be uh certainly if you're close to brit or on team canada you might be you might feel certain ways about things and whatever it is what it is what are you gonna do buddy it's um it's in the past already. Uh, so let me ask you a couple questions about worlds here, sir. I want to get your, your, uh, there is, well, first off the 66s. What did you think about that? Did that unravel how you thought it would? Um, I, I didn't, I'm very happy it unraveled the way it did. Uh, storybook ending, uh, all the glory to Panna. It, like it couldn't have gone better if, if someone had wrote it out. I, you told me to listen to that podcast because you said that Panna had, had shit talked to me. He didn't, didn't see it anywhere in the podcast. Did I say shit talk to you? Yeah, he told me, you told me he he was talking. So I was like, okay, I'll listen to the whole podcast. Didn't bring up my name once. However, I was happy to listen to a great podcast. Um, I I didn't know I told you that. Yeah. um, But I I didn't really have any, any bets or any, anything going into 66s. So like when it came out the way it did, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I wasn't like hyper surprised. I am very happy though that, panel one i think that he deserves it more than the rest um i guess the big controversy of it was uh uh, team america again fibbed deadlifts because brian lee opened too heavy which that's like a a weird running theme actually now that i'm thinking about it with team america of just opening deadlifts too heavy they should maybe stop doing that because delaney also did that so maybe pull back the deadlift openers that that cost Brian Lee heavily. I yeah. know what they're thinking is he could pull 320, but to your point, Worlds doesn't always is not going to be like you do domestically, and weird things can happen. 
pacing, everything. And even then, even pulling the 320, a 300 opener for 320 is... That's yeah, that's still it's heavy. freaking too close. Too close. Yeah. That's 10 kilo, 10 kilo. You jump 10 kilos maybe on squats or whatever, but deads, if you're ending gonna, gonna end up over 700 pounds, that's still a lot of weight. You want to think about pacing yourself or and, and solidifying a total. I mean, he did, but like, yeah, it's tough, man. It, it's tough. They didn't leave a lot of room to grow. So yeah, I I guess bad deadlift selection by the Americans. Um Panda takes the win. Uh, Kyoto always makes mistakes. Uh, he had that one insane meet right before Sheffield in Japan. But again, I always looked at that and thought, why did he sort of... Why did he do that a week out from Sheffield? No idea. It's, it's premature, right? And, and he hasn't been able to replicate that since. So I actually didn't have huge hopes for him. Uh, I, I was sort of like, if I had to bet on anyone, Brian Lee, but uh, yeah, it, it turned out the way it did. Storybook ending. I don't have I mean, much to Penna, say on the 66s, sadly. Penna, Penna it, right now, it, it's it's bonkers what's going on in France. I mean, at the silent worker meet, it's like four hours of pictures when he's there. And I'm not joking. A queue, four hours straight. He's in the, they have a photo booth there. And um, he's he's there the like like he's working a shift. His star power in France, like when he posted, he had fifty thousand likes in like nine hours. I don't know. You probably remember because you were at Worlds. He's like, look, everyone's like, look at Pena's traction right now. It's insane, man. People don't understand what's going on in France. How much France is a how crazy they are for powerlifting? How crazy their crowd is for like a money meet that's that's people had just competed two weeks ago and they're showing up and they know their totals are going to come down whatever they don't care, they're powerlifting crazy and Pena is they have stars like Turbo Tiff, Leah Bavois. Believe me when I tell you, Pena is by far he's he he can grab the microphone. The, here's what the difference is. Rory was asking me. He's like, what separates Pena? From like Leah Bava, Turbo Tiff, and all their other world champions, Jad Jacob, they have big stars. And I'm like, watch what happens at the silent worker meet. And there was hundreds of people there. And Penna grabbed the microphone and he started and he gave a speech off the cuff. And he had, they were eating at the palm of his hands. He's charismatic. He had them rallying and cheering when he wanted him to. He had them like clapping for certain people. And he had them all like he was like rallying the troops. Like he's a natural born leader and totally unafraid. With grabbing the mic and doing public speaking in front of hundreds of people, all unrehearsed and just ripping and rolling on it, and that is what makes him like the the, the leader of the French Revolution. And yeah, that is why say, he's, he's got, like powerlifting's Napoleon. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know what? For a second, I thought you had a, a fucking team like a French flag shirt on, and I was like, my I God, should have you, worn my French you, shirt dude, today. <laughs> I thought you were overcompensating for last podcast. I thought you did it as a bit because you in a bit. I was like, my man is committed to, and I was like, oh shit, the oh, flag would have been signed. It's, it's, it's I was just like, a, no, it is it's the flag. just a funny seat. Like it's a, it it's a sweater I got in Italy. That. It's got like an octopus on. I actually have a French shirt, like a Team France shirt. Uh, it I, I traded with with Richmond Baden. I shouldn't worn that. I I, um, I missed the bit. This but uh, but. Penance rises to the point where he is, he's got pockets of haters around in France because when you get that big, 
that's what what, what you get too big it's like russ or whatever um like penny and russ are different personalities but you know what i mean you get too big people like whatever and him winning again he was already huge 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 but people would have thought he won one and he's going to ride on popularity and be in the mix but him winning and winning the way he did with the storybook ending his father never having ever come to a world championship to watch him compete super ill lost 30 kilos body weight has um you know has a, something that helps him speak through his neck and the whole night very kind of went into details about like you know his father doesn't even look the same anymore shows up on that day he wasn't even supposed to be there surprising Penna, i'm going to be there for this world championship and never gets involved with Penna's powerlifting career and told Penna leading into this despite the fact Penna's fourth nomination 22 kilos back if Penna's father says you're going to win this world and everything all everything would indicate this is just well wouldn't that be nice but and Penna shows up and pulls off. And when Penna walked onto the platform, you know, the look on his face when he looked at the barbell and like the whole nine, like he's a charismatic dude, man. And um, the whole storyline, everything. Doug, we were we were at that burger joint next door to the hotel. All of Team France was up there at the top level. And I mean, all the French, because like France shows up, you know, France shows up. Yeah. You know, like, like anyone who ale, comes, ale, ale, ale. Yeah, 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 they show up and, and you're not, nobody's rolling up on Penna. All right. The guy's got like, he's got an entourage. Um, and Penna, even up there, stood up at the end. And it's like, I want to say a few words and just belted off a freaking had people. Some people were in tears at points. Some people laughed at points because everyone's highly emotional. His dad was there. And um, it's crazy. And then at the end, everyone starts clapping. And everyone in the burger joint below is like, what's going on up there? They're doing speeches, clapping, and everyone's all, that's what Penna could do, though. That's Penna. That's why Penna is, um, separates himself. And people outside of France, all of his content, I asked him, like, why don't you put out more English content? He's like, YouTube penalizes you if your core audience doesn't watch some of your videos. So if I put out a, an English one, it's not going to take, like, my it's all the algorithm. So unfortunately... A vast majority of his contents in French on a lot of his platforms. So outside of France, we don't fully understand how big this guy is. But believe me when I tell you, he's he's fucking big. But we all know Penn in the powerlifting community. I think to a degree yeah. we know. But if you ever show up at France, if you ever if you ever show up at like I'm silent worker or something like that, I'm not um, France you, after what you I know, said. We're, we're gonna have you know you did good on this podcast though. But this is I haven't said anything bad yet. I haven't said I it. Just... Not about France. Not about France. Oh, anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but um, but you show up, man, you'll see. And it's it's something else. Not only just Penna, but uh, they would love you. They love they love like powerlifting. You'll be like, ah, people don't super care. You're gonna be asked for like tons of like pictures, etc., because they're so in. Um, yeah. But anyways, it's something else, my friend. I, I got a couple other questions. Well, I, um, I got a question first, actually, because okay. it's been on my mind. I don't get the Silent Worker brand on why it's called Silent Worker. It's been bugging me because I, I, I feel like they've blown up so much, and like the French are known for being so like loud and bombastic, and yeah. they're not silent remotely. And I'm no, like, no. is it ironic? 
Yeah, Penn is, and I just talked about how often Penny gave speeches. Will stand yeah. up and give speeches. And like, it's not like they hide their training. Like, they're not silent workers. I don't get it. Like, it, I genuinely don't understand it. Here's another thing on that podcast. Um, Penny is a guy who wants to engage in trash talk. He talked about rever that would clip where Joe Jordan reposted it, and he's like, "I need my Joe Jordan." Yeah, I need my my guy. So that I don't I, get that, the that silent worker brand. Why is it sure. called silent worker? I think maybe initially out the gate, because this it's from way back in like 2018 or something like that. I think maybe initially out the gate, they were silent and work in silence. Let your work let your work speak for you. That that's what like that's what the brand is. But for sure, that's not the if, not if, if you, that's not how people describe Team France or or any of them. I'm glad because I love. Um, I love like everyone knows what I I'm all in on Team France, but like in the French people, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't whatever. It is what it is. I don't want them to change. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it's what do you think about deep. the? They can't change it, but it, it's okay, just it's weird to me. Every time I hear about the silent worker brand, I don't get it. What did you think about the the somewhat villain arc with Penna talking about Kyoto, talking about Joe Jordan, talking about like he kind of he he reacts. He taught, so you listen to the podcast. He needs something like when his dad was sick, he uses that. If he's got someone he's going against, he uses that. He needs something though that emotionally sparks him and he looks for it. And it's not necessarily personal because he's openly saying, like, I'm looking for whatever. I'm sure if you're the other athlete, you could take it personally. But so I actually, I was just thinking about this while you were talking and you brought up like the comparison between uh, Russ and Penna and. I actually kind of feel like the the villain arc maybe doesn't work with him. I mean, it's cool to see people go through their arcs, if you will, but I think Panna works so well because if we look at, because I talked about Russ on the last podcast on how, like, I think the only way he works from here on out is being the villain because otherwise you're like the infallible good guy. Let's look at Russ really fast. You know, he's quintessentially the American power lifter. He is hyper dominant talks his game and backs it up and if he's gonna step into that villain role it's like he comes in and he's sort of like that bully he's like the end boss he's like the bad guy panna isn't that dominant right like he's a bit more of an underdog even coming into this meet he was what nominated fourth um mm. so then when he wins it feels a lot better as like a fan if you're like rooting for like the underdog the underdog only works like it doesn't only work, but it works a lot better when like he's the quote unquote good guy. Like Hannah's very like nice. He has a a, a a very good story to tell. He he comes from like a background that is edging on tragic at this point with his father, and then it's like you really root for him and want him to win. That doesn't work if he's an asshole, in my opinion. And I think it's like that difference too between like American and Europe, or like the American Russ is so like boisterous and like a bully whereas like yeah he's he's french he's european it's always been about like the underdog and about like the the proletariat versus the bourgeois or whatever like the poor eating the rich like it's it's almost better if he remains like the little guy even as big as he gets he still needs to remain like i feel humble i feel like as soon as he starts to become like a bully it looks bad okay so here's what it is um I agree with everything you said, but let, let me let me let me offer a different way of looking at it. Yeah, I don't think I think the underdog story, if you're the underdog, you don't want to be the bully. It's difficult to do both. 
because the underdog story of people rally behind you. Uh, there might be in France, I don't know, a them against us feel. And if that's the case, it'll work for him. Because then if he's very heavily got France behind him, then when he does this, France rallies even more behind him. And it's, it's a us against them. And he's like, this guy thinks he's number one. Let's go again, huh? And everyone's like, yeah, show them. But here's another way of looking at it. Um, if he's not so, if he's not so much a bully, let, let, let me let me pull it back. I remember watching the Olympics one time, and I said this on the Natalie uh, Richards podcast. I didn't drop it yet, but if if you heard that one, you're going to hear it again right here. I there, I was watching the Olympics one time. And there's a pole vaulter from France, and I'm not super into fucking pole vaulting, but this is just on TV because the Olympics are on, and I'm going to watch it. It the, it's a rising bar in pole vaulting. It just gets higher, higher, higher. And everyone's got three attempts, just like powerlifting, to get over that height. And then as it gets higher, people get knocked off. At the very end, there's only two guys left. And the French guy's defending world champion. And I I think the, the other guy was from the host nation. So the entire, you've seen these stadiums, 50,000 people are around the other guy. But the other, but the French guy's defending world champion. And it's just two of them left. And they each got three attempts. The guy, the hometown guy nailed it and got over the bar and the crowd, 50,000 deep goes crazy. And I'm like, oh shit. Then the French guy comes running in, sticks his stick in the ground, fires up, just nudges the bar and it falls. And then he knows he's missed. He hits the mats and the crowd all cheering that he missed. And he stands up with pride. And I'll never forget what it looked like with 50,000 people in that bowl deep cheering that he missed and cheering their hometown, him grabbing that pole, looking around at the 50,000 deep, putting up his hand and going like this. And that is what I'm saying. Penna is when, is he a bully or is he a French hero? That's right. That's right. He he's like the leader of the French Revolution who's moving out beyond France, taking on Titans fearlessly. And people watching him be like, I wish I was as brave as him, chest out, being like, You think you're the best? My friend, I'm the world champion. So if you're talking about being the best, I'll see you on the platform. And he's not afraid. And he's like bold, like you want to be bold, but culturally, maybe you're not always that bold. And you're like, get him. Get him. Yeah. Don't and, right. and whoever's, you know what I mean? That's what it is. Not such a bully, I don't think. You you sold me on that, I think, just because historically, French patriotism is so strong. I mean, we have French Canadians even, like in Quebec. And, and oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're a very proud people. So, yeah, if he goes that route, more so of like, I, I do like, um, if he goes with powerlifting Napoleon, I want ro- royalties on that. That was my idea. Well, I don't but, think he will. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't think you're safe. I don't think that conversation is going to need to be had. Well, if, not gonna if he lawyer does, up. I want a cut from <laughs> Silent Worker, even if I don't understand it. <laughs> so You're going to lawyer up and be like, I want in. I know what's going on here. Um, but it is a good conversation because you're right in that if you're towing that line, you got to be difficult. You don't teeter over and start becoming bullying-ish. Um, and that's important too because it changes your brand, etc. I don't think yes, I don't think we're quite there yet, but um, it depends on moves. Because put it this way, you know when when Petrie bombed out and Russ jumped on him on social media, Penn is not going to do something like that. It isn't going to quite go like that. What it'll be is 
if you make a video and you're in the six of sixes and you're talking about, I'm going to win worlds. I'm the best I'm this, I'm that. That's where Penna with pride side is going to be like, excuse me, pardon me. Well, you're going to deal with me then, sir, because only one of us is going to be number one. And that's going to be me. And yeah. it's more from pride. And that's where his people be. Like, Fuck, it it truly yeah. is less of a villain arc and more of like a hero arc. It's that's, like everyone, everyone else yeah. in 66 has become a villain now by like default. Well, it's, 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 it's all on how you see it narrative wise. That's, that's why I knew I could like, it, that's what it feels like over there. Anyways, when you go over there, the majority, there are some people who are, you get too big. You're going to have some haters here and there, but that's what it is. They rally around Penna. I'm telling you dog four or five hours. And I'm not exaggerating. You ask whoever was there. They rally around him. Like he is their hero and um, he's brave and he's, he's going to face them off. And, and he comes through when he has no reasonable, no one expects him to come through. All the experts are like, hope he wins, but I don't think he will. And he does. And they're like, shit man he'd bang, you know like oh my god they're like oh and then he'll come home and be like let somebody talk because i'll see you when i see you when it's like oh my they're like he's he's brave but he shouldn't be brave you know he's the underdog and he should be humble coming into worlds being like i don't know i hope i do well i he's coming into worlds rank fourth 20 kilos behind be like i'm gonna win i'm gonna win and like you should i know don't worry i'm gonna win and if someone talks shit and they should talk shit. They should believe. It. They're like, how dare you think you're going to beat me? It's like, sir, you're fourth. I'm 20 kilos ahead. And he'll be like, how dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? It, people over in France are like, fuck me. And, that's, and then he pulls it off. It makes it bigger. It makes it, it makes it, it's crazy, Nick. This is like, imagine you doing that. You know, it'd be, it'd be crazy, man. I don't know. Canada's not quite a powerlifting nation like France yeah. is. So it's all timing too. I think if if I had won 83s, everyone would have just made fun of all the other 83s for losing to me. I think that's just it's it's less like Nick did so good and like man, everyone sucked like, this year. <laughs> How did that idiot win? I don't know, man. You're like, I you're just like, pulled. You're like you're like I don't have the inspirational story. I'm not quite coming off like that when I hit these. Yeah, uh, I, I I grew up in the suburbs. My family's fine. I'm good. <laughs> everything's good. Everything's good. I'm talking shit. People actually like, I hope I just don't lose to that guy. Yeah, exactly. Guy talks, he talked a lot of shit. Um, he talked a lot of shit and he had no reason to. And he's mean. I don't like him. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the Nick Mander story. <laughs> the Nick Mander story. It's not a Netflix special. It's a hell no. That would suck. <laughs> it's not inspirational just yet. But, um, but dude, you're coming from behind. It's, it's, it's entertaining to watch. That's for sure. Um, Keiko, finally, I'd Keiko. I'm going to be dropping that podcast this weekend. Keiko, how about this, dude? Finally winning an easy one, relatively speaking. People actually conceded he won. Usually comes down to the very last day of et cetera. For, Keiko said on the podcast, by the time people hear this one, the, the Keiko podcast will have dropped. Keiko's like, after I'm done pulling, since 2019, like for years, he's always in a battle and he's the number one ranked 93 since 2019. Every single time I done, I'm done pulling and I have to watch from the wings because somebody's pulling to take it from me because this is always comes down to the last deadlift. I have to go nine for nine. I have to be perfect to build my total. And then somebody's going to take it from me. And everyone's like, Oh my God, that's such a battle. I can't believe it. He was, he said when he was done his last pull, he, he's like, all right, here we go again. Well, who, who's up? Who's up? Who's coming for me? And, and team America's like, no, nah, man, you won. He's like, no, but there's like a few more lifters, man, who like, I'm going to win. I appreciate the positivity, but who's coming And They're like, no, no, no. 
nobody's pulling for gold this time. You just won one on your second pull. And Keiko's like, that easy, quote unquote easy, relatively speaking, the, you know, for Keiko, he's like, you're kidding me. And they're like, yeah, no, it's already over. So just enjoy the pulls. They're vying for silver and bronze. And he's like, holy shit. What does that even <laughs> feel like? Just sit back there and just be like, ah. He's like, waiting. finally. <laughs> just he, like, ah, he's like it, it, it was like, it wasn't my um, most memorable win in terms of excitement, whatever. Like, the, you know, like, he's got so many battles. But he's like, in terms of if people were like, your finest, he's like, I finally, I did it. I finally like did it enough that everybody by the end was like, you win. We'll vie for silver. We'll vie for bronze or whatever. It's like, I finally did it, man. Um, so anyways, that was cool. Petrie is like, I'm coming over and uh, we'll see, man. It's good. It's going to, it's a whole nother enchilada at worlds. Petrie knows he'll be ready, but that's a stack class, man. I'd still give it to uh Keiko. Like if, a if we're going to favorite. Yeah, that's a very early favorite. I think purely on experience. Because would, would that be Petrie's first Worlds? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, it would. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think when it comes to like a battle, and then you have like one of the most experienced battle-tested powerlifters to ever do it in Keiko versus a first-timer, I've got to give it to the vet. Yeah, it's if you look at the totals... Um, they're very close, but to your point, Petrie is, is in, in the U S and they're like local meets. He also does USAPL Nats, but it's going to be different when he goes yeah. to worlds. It's going to be different. And, um, Petrie is a phenomenal talent, obviously. Right. And they're very like, oh, but the thing is all of them are phenomenal talents. However, if you're going to make a favorite to your point in sports, often it would, it would look like who has consistently showed up year after year, four years in the tightest of battles in events as big as Sheffield, where everyone's like, oh my God, and you can be overwhelmed to the tightest of strictest of judging the IPF worlds to time and again, nine for nine, 27 lights, white lights when he needs to go perfect. He's just only once did he not go nine for nine at worlds like that or at the, or a close battle like that, USAPL Nats included. And it's because of an, an like they just get the change attempt in on time or there's some kind of miscommunication with the wrong deadlift. That's the only time ever. I mean, uh, I think Petrie would, or sorry, I think uh, Keiko would be the favorite, early favorite right now. Let's see how training goes. Where we're like a fucking year out, we don't, we don't even yeah. know if Petrie make the national team. We're already like, I mean, yeah, yeah, he could. I mean, we, we, or, yeah, or, or Keiko, we don't, we don't know if Keiko makes a team. Let's do the twenty twenty four preview show right now, right? Fucking now, three years or three hours deep, a new podcast starts, and yeah. we just go division by division. Um, but yeah, it would be as of now a year out. You got to think Keiko's the favorite, but it'll, it'll be tight. It's close. It's super close. And you got guys like it. God, man, if Gavin can ever get three squats in, if he gets three squats in, who knows? But if he goes two for three every time, it's going to be tough. Sheffield, he did phenomenal 880. And he was, I mean, you know, he had a good total, but he's got it. He needs that. It's third the squat. way they take it from him, too. Like, it's not Dude. like he just gets three reds or whatever. It's like they always let him just, like, celebrate and feel great and then just, like, shove him right down. I was actually saying, like, during the session, I was like, I have no idea how Gavin still comes out to bench. Like hey, Not only not only he come out to bench, he equaled a PR he hadn't in two years and got a medal. And afterwards, I told him, 
because I went back there initially after squats and he was super duper upset, like you might think. You get it, yeah, like it just happened again. It just happened. And uh, we all know the story about Sheffield, him going chest to chest with Taylor and the whole nine. Like, like it's it's very emotional. He's an emotional guy. This is what drives him. And um, for him to gather himself and come out and bench and handle his business and do what he did. I mean, he it happened to him at Worlds, happened to him at Sheffield, now happened at Worlds again. He needs to get three three squats in. If he does yeah. that, God knows. God it knows doesn't what, help, what too, that way back when, Gavin was one of the people to like, or he released a, a pretty controversial video talking about how like I would never challenge someone's lift. He's like, I think that's unsportsmanlike. Like, I, I'd rather just see them get the lift and then I have to beat it. And it was very controversial, but he died on that hill. He was very much like, I would never do it. So for that to happen, or for him to state that, and then yeah, three big meets in a row. The third squad, the pivotal third squad, gets overruled every single time. I'm genuinely surprised he still shows up. When we were like credit to him, I would. Yeah, I would not. I mean, he's 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 he he puts his head back. He put he tucks his chin. He he wades back in. He has this moment, like everyone would think. You go in the back, you vent it all out, and then he rallies. Um, because Sheffield he still had a phenomenal day. I mean, remember him yep. leaving. Everyone remembers him leaving his last deadlift, which was an amazing deadlift. Yeah. And then him leaving and Keiko was there. So he actually, like, despite how heartbroken he was for his third squad being overturned, had a phenomenal day and continued on. He can he can do it. He's Mr. Burnership. Yeah, you, fucking we're all in, we'll do it. You have to. I, I mean, in Turkey, I had, like, a third squad overruled. It was no world record. It wasn't very big even. But even still, I, I still want to jump out of the window. But uh, yeah, he's come back. He's do it, but it hasn't yeah. happened to me multiple meets in a row. That's that's the kicker. In, in the class that's about to happen in ninety threes, for him to get back to worlds, he'll have to deal with Keiko, whether it's head to head or whether it's <clears throat> Keiko Sheffield total that he so total or whatever. He'll have to deal with conceivably Petrie. He'll have to deal with, um, you know, Bryce Lewis and whoever else comes. All just at nationals. Maybe even maybe even Russ if he goes ninety three. He'll have to. He needs a squat. He needs to figure this out. That's that's just period. And he's got time. Yeah, he's got time. He's strong as hell. It's just all about going three for three. But the day he goes three for three, can you imagine the hype around it now? It's been so built up. When he goes three for three, and he looks over to the jury and stares, and nothing, no movement. They're just like, no, you're gonna have it. You know it. him. Everyone in the crowd, everyone in the warm up rooms is gonna be like, "Oh shit, this is gonna be a yeah. monster total." We we we, <laughs> they're gonna be like, okay. How do you think that man is gonna feel though if he sees like two whites again, like two white lights? I swear to I God, would he's just gonna start put crying. I start, I start begging. I get down on my hands and be, please. <laughs> I I go up to the jury prematurely and just be like, please, prematurely. <laughs> like we are not doing nothing. You please me. Please. No, I think he'll look. I don't think he even leaves the platform. I think he stops, look over to the jury and just waits and let and, and just watches and sees and be like, I'm not celebrating. I'm not nothing. If you're going to take it from me, take it to my face. It won't be in the warm up room when I find out whatever you're going to. Let's do this properly. And um, eventually we all know eventually he's going to go three for three. And on that day, holy freaking smokes. On that day, I think gonna... he wins. 
He might. I'll just straight he up might. say it. I think that a three, like as soon as Gavin goes three for three on squat, I think he wins. Well, his total, if he would have got that third squat, if he would have kept the third squat at Sheffield, his total would have ended up. I forget now what the numbers we did, but it was going to be. It was near crazy. nine, wasn't it? It, it, it was, it was, it was crazy. Should I pull it up? Fuck, we better pull it up then. I want to say like because... 890 something. Eight ninety one, and again, we're not rewriting it because Keiko would have adjusted his numbers too. We're exactly. just saying this is purely, purely operating in a vacuum for for Gavin. So three twenty, so he would have added eleven and a half kilos to eight eighty. So he would have got eight ninety one point five. I'm good at this. Fuck man, eight ninety one point five. That is a that by the way would have been the world record and still would be the world record now. Like that's crazy. That's a monster total. Again, if he goes three for three, if he just and we're not giving him anything else but that the, the third squat, which by the way, refs on the platform will give him. This isn't crazy, like you know, if you gave him that. No, judges on the platform are like it's good. Yeah. Category, you know, the international refs are like, it's good. So this isn't crazy. If those swing, if it swings his way, yeah, we're talking into the eight nineties. The guy is extremely difficult to beat. I'm not saying Keiko can't or Petrie or whatever. I'm just saying, with all due respect, Gavin is a monster if he can pull this off. It just needs three. Yeah, he's and Gavin. Sorry, go ahead. He 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 is my my favorite underdog ninety three. Genuinely, I, I I want to see him win so badly just because it would be. A great underdog story, like a man that's been somewhat shafted, like three meets in a row. Just, just go get it. Like I want him to win so bad. Like the man only has so many ships he can burn. He's gonna run out of ships. He needs to like win at some point. Like he's, burning he's, your ships only works if you win. If you don't win and you burnt all your ships, you die. So how many, how many times people in his homeland get that seagull? Can you pick me up. <laughs> they, they 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 get the sequel with the note and they read the note. Can you, can you guys yeah, they're like, Gavin, you burn your ships again. He's like, no, no, this next time, I swear. Gavin, <laughs> did you take the castle? I didn't take the castle this time, but we're gonna go. We're gonna sharpen like, that sword, and yeah. we're coming back next season. And that like, castle, Gavin, Gavin, how's your ship? I I burnt it again. It's like, oh, Gavin, I burnt the fuck out of it, though. <laughs> like, stop burning your ships, man. <laughs> Sail back home. We're gonna do this. No, but honestly, um. Yeah, I mean, he, if he wins, it'll be like Penna. If he wins, yeah. it'll be like freaking Penna. I, I mean, anyone who meets Gavin, like I love the kid. I freaking get along super crazy good with Gavin. Uh, I love the kid, whether he wins or loses, I don't care. And I say loses loosely. For him, he considers anything less than winning losing. And he's like, he's. I mean, look at what he did at Sheffield. He did phenomenal. He was on. He's on the podium. What did he? He ended up, yeah, third at Sheffield overall amongst all world champions. But he's that dude, man. He's like, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Gavin in the future. But he's going to need it. He's going to need it. He's going to need three even to get out of the U.S. shortly. We have, um, oh, oh, one more question. Do you think Wasker, I, I got a couple more questions, but one more off the top of my head before I, I ask you like one of my bigger questions. Do you think Wasker can do to the 59 kilo class what Penna did to the 66 kilo class. And there's different variables at play. No. And, and <laughs> did you um, expand on it? <laughs> uh, you're like, you're like, you're like, no. And that's a stupid question. And I go, okay, well, there we go. Never, 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 never. 
59 is too small, both in terms of population and, and frankly, stature. Uh, people don't, I, I think it's already like a bit of a, like 66s have gotten so impressive that they're a bit fun to watch now, but even so, it's like that little guy is lifting that much. It sounds condescending, but it's true. And then with, yeah, all the way down to 59, it's it's genuinely, I think, hard for like gen pop to even gen pop powerlifting to like care that much. Like the only people that really care about like very light, lightweight weight classes tends to be, um, I think, powerlifters that like actually care about the sport, like people that are like fans of it, that are passionate about it. 66 was that way for a while. And I know what you're saying that like yeah. Hannah changed that. Um, Hannah has a crazy wow factor, especially in the way that he pulls or not that, not that he pulls in the way that he lifts um, mm. the grinding, right? The, the thing that I'm so critical of in terms of growth as like an athlete is crazy good for growing the sport. People love to see a dog fight. And if every single one of your lifts is a dogfight, it's very exciting to watch to tune in every single time. Be like, he's still doing it. That's crazy. Wasker is a smart lifter. He's coached by Steve Denovi, who is a very smart coach and who would not let that fly. So his training is just not that fun to watch. It's good training. It won him worlds, but it's not fun. Um, Wasker doesn't have the same. He also doesn't have the same void to fill, I feel. Like, Hannah also had the void to fill of, like, powerlifting in France. U.S. powerlifting is already so well-established that, like, some random 59 isn't... Not a random 59, that's very disrespectful. Even a 59 world champion, there's nothing that he can really do in the U.S. that hasn't already been done. Um, No, I, I don't think that, like, he's going to be the one to like grow 59s i don't think that the 59s can ever really be like truly grown frankly like maybe that's like the cynic in me the pessimist but it's just it's too small a class like to get down to 59 the amount of people on earth that do that and also want a power lift is so tiny it's a class there more so for inclusion than like actual competitiveness sadly what i would say is well you make you make good points right um in terms of henna coming from france is at the right time as well this is like 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 muhammad ali coming around at the time of the civil rights movement was perfect timing for a guy like muhammad ali whereas penna coming around exactly right before france was ready to pop he was obviously a part of the reason why they popped um, him and his whole crew are meat directors, like his fiance is in the within the federation. So he helped make it pop. But the fact that he came right as France explodes, and to your point, they're looking for a guy. Where and Penn is like, well, I'll be your guy. And when Penn takes his shirt off, like he's not as big as Russ, but he's jacked as shit. He looks the part. He's 66 is smaller. But he fills up a freaking picture frame when he posts it on. Yes. He looks ripped and jacked, and people are like, I want to look like that. I was gonna say, is Wasker jacked? He's jacked. He is jacked. I'll give him that. You see him. You start training the shirt off shirtless. Genuine, uh, like sex sells. Okay. Like everyone knows that. Just start training shirtless. 
Wasser's not a bad looking guy. And I'll tell you what, too. Um, he's a good looking kid. And when he's on the podcast, he can actually talk with like me and him can fill up like two to three hours, easy peasy lemon squeezy, because he's he's a good talker as well. That's not always the case. And his background, so well, actually, first let me give let me let me big up Wascraft. I want to end on the pluses for Wasker. But let me let me let me dig a little deeper into what you're saying because you did make some good points. So Penna coming for France, perfect. They wanted somebody. Penna coming at the right time in France, yes, they need somebody. Penna also. To your point with the 66s, they're all now start going 700 kilos and up, which is more than any gym bro is going to do. Pe- These guys are deadlifting over 700 pounds. You got gym bros who are 230 pounds who aren't deadlifting 700 pounds. They're going to make holy smokes. These guys are squatting. You got 66s who squat 600 pounds, like Jonathan Garcia will squat 600 pounds. But they're bench pressing 400 pounds and up. You got big jack gym bros who aren't squatting 600, benching 400, or deading over seven. So when they tune in, they're like, holy shit. These guys are way stronger than I am, and I'm twice their size. And also, Pena, everything I already said about how charismatic he is and public speaker and all the rest of it, like, I don't know, almost anybody who who carries himself like penna and to fully get the penna experience you got to be in france you're not going to see it at worlds because it's not gonna unless you're at that freaking burger shop at the right point boy oh boy if you know france you're gonna have a tear in your eye okay playboy but uh or you're french canadian you're gonna have a tear in your eye aurelie was probably somewhere downstairs eating her burger with a tear in her eye because she knew what he was saying that's our girl but um so there's all your points, and that's true, and, and very well said. And again, to the grind factor, not like on the day of Wasker grinds, and he's he's he had a crazy grinder squat, which is phenomenal. But in training, he's not grinding like that. Penna does, and he wins world titles. So keep grinding away, my friend. But yeah, his 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 uh, training videos explode and whatever. Now and and also one more point, I'll add to yours. Penn has a crew that are all like world-class and got massive followings like Leah Bavo yeah. on him. Like they're all like super tight too, by the way. And it's a, it's like, a feedback loop that there it is. When you got a crew like that and they're all like social media influencers in the same space and they're all world champions and they all work together. Like they all work together on silent worker and SBD France every single day. Penna's office is right here with his fiancés, is right there with Leah Babas, right there with Turbo Tiffs, is right there. They all work together. It's crazy. Coco is in the south of France, but he's part of it too. Like, they, their crew is strong as shit. So when they do collabs and whatnot, they don't have to work. They legitimately train together. It's not like, hey, I'm going to go down to this gym and hopefully this person's there or whatever. Um, so that all helps as well. And and most people don't have it. Wasker's not going to necessarily have that as well. Now, let, let me say a couple things that might will help Wasker. For sure, Wasker doesn't have all that. But here's what I'll give him. Um, a, he is a good-looking kid, takes his shirt off. He's jacked and ripped. If you go on his Instagram, like he's small, for sure. I think he's like 5'2", and um, 59 kilos is like 130 pounds. He, he probably walks around 140, whatever. But he's freaking, he's pretty muscular kid, so he can pull that off. Very good speaker. Uh, and you get him on some podcasts and his story. I don't know if you heard his podcast yet. His background story. If me, him being a world champion, um, media outlets, more and more, he's going to start telling his story. If you hear his story and I don't want to go into all of it right now, but he, what happened to him as a child is insane. 
in Dominican Republic. I mean, way worse than it's 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 it, it's crazy. And he could tell it. He's a good storyteller. That being a storyteller is huge. I don't gotta tell you you're a good storyteller too. Being a good storyteller is huge. And if you could tell your own story and you have a story like Waskers, so what he can do is as long as he keeps getting stronger and stronger, and he's pushing towards mid 600s for kilos. So he's probably outlifting most gym bros as well. He could be the guy that in videos, you see a picture of him, how much smaller he is than the strong gym bro. And it'd be like, which guy you think is stronger. And then you reveal this guy's actually a world champion at 130 pounds and you show, and he could smoke all the gym bros. And then he could also be the guy that when media outlets, if they get a hold of his background story, would be like, this is, this is insane. And Listen to it if it's it's at the beginning of the podcast. I literally clipped it and moved it to the beginning of the podcast. We hit it like two and a half hours deep because you know how we could talk sometimes. I gotta tell you, we're like over three hours right now. But um I clipped it and moved it to the beginning because I knew I want everyone to make sure they hear this. So his story is phenomenal. And on the day of, he has like um when he grinded that squat out, he will throw his hands up. And look at the and be like it celebrate like that. Uh, he's got something on the platform. To your point, a lot of Americans will do that, and he was not going to stand out like Pena does for France. Very good point, but if, he will do that though. He will give that, and he will like when he hit the his one lift, and he turns to his fiance, and he's like pointing, like we're on. It's going to happen now. And he had the storyline, and if he's able to total enough to go to Sheffield. That is where the road to Sheffield videos will pop and they're all going to say his background story and people I'm telling you are going to be like, holy shit. And then when he, sh- and the, the, by the way, the road to Sheffield videos and all the lead up to Sheffield's in the future are going to be much more robust. The first one was amazing. And that was basement to what's about to happen. So Sheffield, if he could just get to Sheffield, didn't hit it this time, but if he could do it next time, he has an opportunity to, Maybe not replicate Pena because for everything you already said, he doesn't have France. He doesn't have all that. He doesn't have the crew, whatever, but he'll make it interesting enough that people will be like, let me see what this, this guy does. He'll be like that little guy who can outlift all the gym bros. And like, you'll feel you'll watch it. I think it can help what he needs, needs, needs after his story's done and the whole one man show thing happens to sustain it. Pena has his Joe Jordan, his Kyoto, his Brian Lee, his I'm an underdog. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to win or what. He has people. When I you get me interested in watching you, and I'm like, I'm watching this movie, and I'm bought into the main, tell me the main character's background story. I'm in. I'm in. Holy fuck. Crazy background story. Who does he face off with? No, you need to face off with someone. I got to think you're going to lose. I got to be worried about you. I need to. I need somebody on the other end. I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if he's going to win. Again, that's a population thing. Who's going to fight Wasker? Who is in 56? Right or whatever it is. Is it 56? No, 59. 59. 59. I'm just making it even smaller. Proving your own point. You're making it even smaller. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, well, Ivan from Spain is over 600, and um, Wasker hit over 600 last year, and from last year to this year. Like that was the first time and when a year span, he got what he got. And uh, Ivan from Spain is four years younger. He just went over 600. If he could do Wasker's pacing and Wasker's pacing goes slow because he's at the top end, they might catch up. That's the only way. I'm not saying for sure. But if Ivan catches up, we're, we're good. 
we got about even the issue there is that yeah wasker has more or less everything you need to become like a big name in powerlifting right but you need more of them in 59 alone just to make that work like ivan from spain does he have all those factors yeah and i don't know about that exactly because sure. it's not like hana is fighting against like joe jordan and kyoto and they're just like random guys that like uh, yeah they're just names they have their own personalities. They might not be as big or as elaborate as Panna, but if we're making Panna more or less the, the main character and the hero of this, even within his arcs, he needs villains that are equally compelling, right? Mm. If you're just a... You're, you're just... If we're going to turn this into, like, villains and heroes kind of thing, if Wasker's just constantly going up against randoms that are good, by their own merit, they're good, but like they have no story to tell in and of themselves. He by return becomes quite empty, right? So you need you need I, someone to play against. Yeah. So I just I feel like 59 is kind of like cursed in that way. That like if we ever have one dude in it, you need multiple. And I don't think it's a class that ever supports multiple at any given time. Like any one time. We'll have to see. I I this and you make good points, by the way. In Pen, and that's where Pen is <clears throat> kind of doubling back to earlier. Pen will make you his villain. Pen was openly saying, like, I need that. And he looks for things like like if you say you're the best, he's going to get offended and he's going to, in his own mind, anyways, use it, motivate, but then his people will as well. And like he knows how to do his thing. Wasker does need a supporting cast, at least. There was this this world's and worlds is getting bigger and bigger and powerlifting is growing like crazy all over the world. And in Europe in particular, the standard is obviously way grown in the last few years. Now, Europe's got like tons of world champions where previously that wasn't the case. And Eurosport's going to start grabbing and all the media in Europe's going to start grabbing people as well. But if Wasker can have I don't know, Ivan, if he Ivan can bring that if what there is some we had two flights of 59s for the two flights of 59s which is like never happens if we can grow this talent let's see let's see i i i appreciate your skepticism and you make yeah. great points and i don't think we'll have two waskers if we had two waskers if, if there's a wasker from uk or for fucking from france then we have something it. going oh my god i mean money fixes everything you can produce villains purely through like optics and everything so if spd wants to pump money into it i think it's a possibility then you have to question the return of investment on like pumping a ton of money into the 59s for what um but yeah you could probably like if you're gonna like go down like the route of interviews and everything you could probably interview ivan from spain cut the stuff blah blah blah. you could turn it around to make people look more presentable than they are um, the question, though, then is, is it worth it? But yeah, I don't know. Well, My take it, on 59 is very cynical. Like you said, I, yeah, I just it, they're too small. And fair enough. And you know what? Like it might not even be like for Sheffield or whatever with SPD involved, but maybe for worlds if people can start. All you need is Ivan wins the European title. And Ivan's total actually starts bumping up. He's already in the 600. So he, he's just got to cover that gap, bridge that gap. And by the time we go into next worlds, 
where an Oscar Oscar is talking about getting the uh, Sheffield invite. Ivan needs to threaten him and start talking and saying, don't worry about Sheffield. Worry about me me. and be like, don't look past me because I'm the one you need to beat. And I might be going to Sheffield. If, if, if Ivan starts getting like that, now he's got to earn it by being close enough. A total he'll, if he picks up a European title and starts doing this, let's see, let's see. I'm uh, we'll see what happens. And he doesn't have to be a villain. He just ha- like Penna. He just has to take in Spanish, you know, they'll rally behind you. They're, they're prideful and they'll rally behind you. He just has to take pride and be like, this American's looking past me. You start talking, saying the right words, the right people in Europe will be like, sure. Just let's do give, this. give me Ivan's IG and I'll do it. I'll learn Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like, or you'll be like, Ivan for again. I'm suing silent worker. Um, I'm starting to do consultation for a small fee. I'm going to start giving you some, how, how to do this. I'm going to start yeah. clapping at him. I'll, I'll write them out. I'll give you speeches, whatever. Yeah, I'll give you a script. You just do exactly what I tell you to do. We can blow you up into a monster. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully you win. It's going to be, it's going to be rough. It's going to be, yeah. Rough. if you do really badly, I'm running for the Hills. It's not my that's issue. Right. It's your that's, issue. It's you said those my words. Issue. It's not my <laughs> issue, kid. All right. That's not that's not how this works. Um, but yeah, all right. Uh good chat, man. We 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 go some places, but these are like hot topics how we can improve some weight classes. Um, all right, how about this one? 2024. Here's some champions that have previously been in some tough battles or pulled off upsets or are in a super stacked division. I'm going to tell you the, the champions and the divisions, and I'll pose the question, okay? From lightest to heaviest. Penna in the 66s, nominated fourth, like 20 kilos behind. You got guys like Brian Lee, Kyoto, weren't meeting the standard, or were just a little green at this world's next world's. Maybe they can adjust, less green, et cetera. They're picking up experience. Uh, but Penna is the champ. Cali. In 74s. Up seat Taylor. Are you good for going pee, by the way? I'm I'm just listening. Okay, okay. I'm just like trying to remember everything. Okay. Callie from the thank you. I appreciate it. Callie from the 74s. Um upset the goat, but he's got perk coming over. Super stack division. Tim Monogati super close. Oh, by the way, Taylor is probably gonna be not injured. We'll see where that puts him. And perks coming over. But Callie's the champion. Delaney Wallace, people coming over from US APL. Maybe Russ is going 83. Stack the vision yourself. You're gaining steam. And a Horo might start picking attempts differently. God knows if he gets, if he fills the gap. Delaney Wallace, back to back champ, but he's got stiff competition. And Kaiko, always in a dogfight, always going to be real close to all his competitors. He had a really good win at, at, but even then, his best total is super close to all of his other competitors' best totals, and Peachy's coming over. So we have Penn and 66s, Cali 74s, Delaney 83s, Kaiko 93s. 2024. Who are those? How many of those guys are going to be the world champion? Are those four? One. <clears throat> Kaiko. 
I, I think Kaiko's the only one that stays. Um, maybe Panna. But that one is like, he... His one wasn't convincing. It was by like the skin of his teeth, right? Brian Lee and Team USA just need to pick better attempts, and I, I think that one swings different, right? So... I think 2024 comes around, and hopefully, and and especially, you know the way that I I feel about the French training style. I think Brian Lee puts on more than Panna does. I don't think Panna gains a lot, so I think that he loses next year. So that one I'm not so certain on. 74, um, I think Perkins comes. I think Perkins has shown enough interest and. Even though I don't think that he's going to do some like insane shit like 830 at 74 in the IPF Worlds, um, I do think that he'll win. He'll edge out Cali. And um, I think Cali will come second. 83, I think Russ comes back. And let, let's be honest, it's probably Russ. As much as I'd like to be like, oh no, it's going to be me. I'm going to be the champion. It's It's probably Russ. What if Russ can't? What if Russ can't come back yet with a suspension or something like that? What if? What if Russ or he goes ninety three? Let's say Russ doesn't come back. Then it's me. <laughs> and you're like, then we're going that route. Yeah, that, that is honestly, me. you could. But you could say you. It's this isn't. No, I, I genuinely mean that. I, I think that in a yeah. year. So my plan right now, in terms of my own training, is actually. So leave it up to fate. Right, like we we talked about this at the hotel lobby, how like Canada's doing their their team selection. Uh, I'm not going to Easterns. Um, I need time to like fix my subtotal because. It, it, please explain that because some most people won't know what you're talking right. about when you. Um. So, Team Canada is selecting who goes to Worlds based off of highest total submitted after Easterns. Easterns is the last meet you can do for that. So I'll be submitting my world's total 797 and a half. That means that there are uh, two people who will likely fight for that, which is Adam Jansen and uh, Kafwi. And so they, they need to total 800 or more, and they'll take my spot. Um, I'm hoping again that Canada ends up doubling on 83s. So I think they would both need to total 800 or above, and that rate takes out my chances of going. Um, I'm leaving it up to fate. I know that you didn't like that idea. A lot of people didn't, but I think that if I want to come back to Worlds and actually have a good shot at winning, I need to take to, to, the uh, I need to take the time off to um, actually fix my subtotal because my subtotal hasn't moved since 2020, but I have increased my actual total by like 40 keys. Like I am my deadlift is flying up all the time. But my subtotal hasn't moved. And I think a big reason for that is I've done meets so consistently that I haven't had the time to actually like address the issues that I know are like lacking in my technique. Um for instance, like on my bench, I'm changing it to a slightly closer grip because I bench I have benched wide grip or max grip the entire time. And that's a change that it's a change that needs some time to implement. And I'm not comfortable competing at Easterns with that closer grip because then I think that um, 
Adam or Caffley will edge me out. And at that point, I've just wasted money and I've gone to a meet just to uh, not qualify for Worlds. Um, mm. But I'm also not comfortable continuing to bench Max Grip all the way through. Um, because then, yeah, my, my, my bench just isn't going to move and my subtotal stagnates. So I have to leave it up to fate. I have to like gamble that a bit and hope that I can still make it to worlds off of my 797. Um, but if I do do that, if I do go to worlds, that means that I'll have a year off to really do what I've needed to do with my squat and bench and also still continue to increase my deadlift because I obviously know how to do that. So the package that I'll bring to next worlds, I think will be enough to challenge almost anybody. I still hold maybe some reverence for Russ. I think that he's like above the rest of us in terms of like lifting capabilities that I think that if he shows up, I'll settle for second. But I think coming second to Russ is like, it's not bad, but if Russ isn't coming, then I'm coming for gold. And I genuinely think that the fixes that I seek to make a year is enough time. I'll have a good enough total for, to, to fight for gold and have a very good chance at it. But yeah, it, it's it's more or less up to two others right now, whether or not that occurs. What a, it's a, holy smokes, man. It's, it's so, I get it. You, 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 you're right. It chews up time to work, to not work on a dress on it. Cause you can't do the bench. Come into Eastern. So it won't be ready in time. So then you don't address the bench and then you waste that time. You could be addressing it. Yeah, you, and you're right. stagnate and you stagnate again. And you're like, here we go again. We're stuck in a loop because I won't take the risk. And then to another point would be if those two guys, if Kathleen and Adam end up hitting 800 and they double up in 83s and you're like, you're young. You're this is your first, that was your first open. You're not, it's not the end all. It's like, all right, well then, I'm going to pick one, something. I'm going to end up blowing up a total somewhere. Everyone's going to talk about it and I'll be back. And everyone will be like, it's not like you just disappear. We'll have you on the podcast. You'll be blow up. So you'll blow up North Americans or whatever. And everyone will be like, oh my God, you see the total he did and whatever. It's not, it won't be the end. You know what I mean? It's one year at the work. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. And then you could still end up doing five more world's appearances uh, because you guys all battle it out at, at Nats again. So the worst case scenario isn't crazy bad. Best case scenario is phenomenal because you have a year to work on all your things. And then you show up and be like, all right, if you peg yourself an 805 lifter on that day, if you gave yourself the seven and a half kilos or whatever, or or low eights, and you're like, can I throw on 30 kilos in a year? Am I 835-ish? Am I 837 and a half? Well, frick, that could win you worlds any given year, depending on who, if Russ is there. If that's what you're telling yourself, you're right. It'd be like, well, then that's my pathway. My worst case isn't the craziest because I got time on my side. You're a young guy. In my best case scenario, I'm really putting myself in the best possible position to win worlds. Yeah, I get it. Because the way I looked at it too was like, let's let's say I I go to Easterns, I requalify for worlds, they resend me again. Um, But now everyone else has had time to like fix their issues. I feel like I haven't. Um, and I just fall down the ladder, right? If anything, this was an opportunity because I don't know when I'm going to have an opportunity again to like take a year off and like fix it. My subtotal blew up during lockdown, like during COVID. 
there was no way to compete. I really had time to like figure out these movements that aren't as intuitive to me. So to take this year and be like, you know what, maybe I can still do worlds after it all. This is a very good opportunity for me to, uh, again, elevate myself to like that next level from like bronze to gold as a lifter. Um, I'm excited for like the off season looking forward. Like I'm, I'm going to seize it very much, but it is still an off season and um, mm. it might be longer than I want it to be, but that's just more time. And no matter what, no matter what, you still will showcase what you did, likely on a Canadian team somewhere or whatever. And um, like, if that's the worst case scenario, Adam and Calf, we both or just one of them hits or however Team Canada does their, if they do 283s, 183, no matter what, you will still showcase the fruits of your labor can do a massive total and hopefully it's on a team cannon and hopefully you're whatever the hell. Like if that's the worst, it's it still is not fate, that bad. Though. Yeah. It's still not it that bad. It is fate. It, well, it's it not fate. fate. It's, it's up to two others and it's two others that equally want it and we'll see if they deserve it. You know, like by no means am I going to be like pissed off if they both totally hundred. I'm like, no, it, it should be me. Like, <sighs> I don't agree with the way that Team Canada has set out how they're qualifying this, but we all know the rules. We all have to play by them. I'm making this choice, right? So, at the, yeah, at the very least, you get to make it. That's true. At yeah. least you could be like, look, and I'm comfortable making this choice. I'm at peace with it. It works the best. So, Adam's going to be lifting at Easterns. That's September. He is absolutely, yes, he has signed up for Easterns. And Caffrey is not, but he's doing North Americans in August. Yes, North Americans, yeah. So you'll know pretty soon. Yep. At least you don't have to wait. At least it's not drug out like, like, what are we doing here? At least you'll be like, by September, you'll be like, you're in? And you're full steam ahead. Like, okay, I know what's next. Or like, all right, okay, okay, fine. That's fine. I can yep. live with this. And you and you, and you you recalibrate and you start charting your path. At least it's that, man. The worst is like, well, I guess I'll find out next January. It's like, oh God, that's tough. At that point, you just start you just start pulling on the deadlift bar with straps on. Nothing matters anymore. Yeah, completely nihilistic with your powerlifting. You pull like (laughs) nine hundred pounds, but it's on a noodle bar. No one cares, and you're like, I'll be there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. At least you have some kind of conclusion. Um, Frank, I guess will you be watching those? North course, Americans and Eastern? Of course. Yeah. It'd, be It'd be difficult very, not to. It'd be very weird of me to just like, ah. It'd like, be like, ask him how it did like a week later. Just be like, oh, I'm not going to right. Worlds? That's well, crazy. That would be, that would be, there's no way you'd be that cool about it. Like a week later. Oh, did, I didn't like, even Wait, remember. Adam, Adam, what'd you total? Oh, 800 <laughs> on the dot? <laughs> My bad. You don't even, you forget to ask. You know what? I forgot. How did that go, by the way? Um, yeah, Frank, that's going to be, it's, it's put it this way. It is, it is interesting as a fan to watch though. It's almost like a freaking grand prix where you see this guy go, you see that guy go, you see whatever. And you, it puts emphasis on these events. Oh which yeah. I mean, are, uh, which previously would not. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So is North Americans again, in terms of, um, like you can't do this every year. You got to have nationals mean something. It only matters to like me and like you to an extent. 
Like it's not like, yeah, like other people fans, are, but yeah. Yeah, like I don't know how many like Nick Manders fans are gonna be watching Easterns and being like, ah oh, man, is that is is Adam gonna put be this total? I bet you put it this way, we're talking the fuck out of it right now. Guarantee you, um, people listen to the podcast at some point will be like, I want to know if Nick made the team or not. They may not watch it like North America's winner, but I guarantee you some people are like, did Nick, did Nick make the team? Can you, you guys do have to do the, the NAPF streams are never good. I will save everyone the heartache when I know whether or not I'm going to world. I'll just post it because yeah. the NAPF post- streams and Eastern streams are like rough. They're there. Post- but yeah. They're rough. I'll post it. I'll definitely post it. Post or, or actually I'll post in the stories too, because we're talking the fuck out of it. People are going to want to know what the hell's going on. And I'm obviously going to have you on long before next world's, even if you're not competing, because we could talk, dude, we're, we're going to close in on freaking four hours, man. What are we doing? Have, have me on the podcast right before worlds. I'm not going like a week out and let me just talk the craziest shit, even though I'm not showing up. It's like, oh, I'm so strong right now. If I showed up, I'd beat Russ by like That's right. 30 keys. But yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to total 900. Why didn't Team Canada send me? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the hell happens. And I did like our discussion of earlier about trying to come up with ways to make North Americans work. You know, I don't think a lot of it would be like Europeans, but it, it can't be. Tough. Like you said, like we need the nations. We need yeah, more we need the nations. Teams. We have Canada, we have the US. The rest of the the Pan Ams, they're not they're not great at powerlifting, man. Like Brazil has got a couple pockets. Historically, they had a couple champions, but not now, not right now. I, I will say this is an anecdote, and it's crazy coming for me because at NAPF when I went, I bombed. However, I saw some of like the like Central American teams to warm up for squats. They were running suicides and doing burpees. So oh fudge. They're like, they're kind of behind when it comes to like training methodology and stuff. Like they're just not up to up to par yet. So they're, they're yeah, they're not powerlifting nations like some of the other nations. They don't take it. But here's here's what at the very least what I think is more likely. First off, Brazil could always raise back up for the Pan Ams, but that's only every two years. But they they're kind of up and down sometimes. They can medal here and there. They even got world champions. But Canada's got to start pulling this weight. We need to start pulling our weight. If we can actually house a team like Tap from Montreal, Aurélie, 47s, Jessica Bittner, Brittany. In terms of the women, Aurélie is a, is a podium favorite. Um, obviously, Jess, Britt. If we could sprinkle in some people in there, the women will be decent enough. Because I don't know too many of, the, of Team USA Onika versus um, Brit again, or some who's going to be Jess at 76. Good luck. Super tight. Known from US right now. Aurelie and Heather Connor rematch. Like, we could, if we now, they're not going to bypass worlds to make that happen. But if Canada got good enough that we could go head up in a couple divisions yourself, obviously, if you jump up that total, um, tap in the one of fives, he's got to, he's got to raise his game, but he's a monster. In 18 months, he had the biggest GL points Canada's ever had. And he's only yeah. been in the game 18 months. So Tap's a phenomenal talent. If we have some talent that's for rising up, all we need is a few good head-up showdowns. 
where it's like, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to win this. This is actually pretty good to watch. The only problem is you're going to see it at Worlds and not North America's. Yeah. See, this is where Euros got it right. Euros separated Worlds in North and Europeans. A lot of European lifters do both. Yeah. All, like a lot of the big names will do both. Pena, Leah, Carolagara, they'll do both. Whereas most of us won't do North Americans. If we ever separated enough that North Americans is later on around the Euros time period, and we were going to get you versus Delaney rematch and, um, you know, tap versus whoever at the one Oh fives and Bonica versus Brit Jess versus whoever, Oh, Haley Heather. If you told me we're going to see all those rematches, I would actually, I would be interested in seeing that. I think a lot of people might yeah, come commentate it. I actually would. Let me say something right now. I, I, I would be there if that happens in North Americans has, it can't be, a month later, people are going to show yep. up. They have to push it out to like euros, and that's why yes. euros succeed. They have because, to move in December. Like on on Pana's po- or uh, in his podcast with you, he was talking about how like he thinks that you know people should compete more often, which I agree with. Actually, I think competing is is, is great for the sport. And he's like, uh, he was kind of like taking shots at like you know people in like North America. They they don't compete often enough that's how you like blah 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 we don't have any competitions like as a canadian like a high level canadian i got nationals because i want to qualify for worlds i got worlds yeah. right now i have one meet because there's not even nationals to qualify for worlds so why would i like i'm also not going to waste my time and my money because for like i think the French team, they get somewhat paid to like do meets or whatever, or at least it's covered. For me, it's mostly out of pocket to like, so I'm not going to just like run a bunch of local meets. I'm not going to run like a bunch of regional meets. Like we need NAPFs to just be another meet for North Americans to do. Cause as is, it's like, yeah, we don't do a lot of meets. There's just not a lot of meets to do. Um, Yeah. NAPF should be done alongside Euros. I don't see why it's not just doing it at, like the same time. Yeah. And I think if they do that, it's an opportunity not only for the world's Americans, but maybe some, like we said, there's going to be a bottleneck of Americans, like so many world class Americans that may not make worlds. They could now show up to NAPS as well. Yeah. And, and it makes maybe worlds more prestigious. Yeah. And then you will have some of these Americans. Like if Keiko, Gavin, or Petrie or one of them doesn't make the world team, but they show up to North Americans, in Amer- North Americans mean something because they have world-class guys like you or whoever showing up. And it's like we have a, at least a half-decent team because Canada can put together a half-decent team in some of these weight classes. All right, let's battle it out. You're going to you're gonna have to beat. If Delaney's got to beat you and you're posting up 800-plus, it's still going to be good. It's still going to be – it's still entertaining. You know, same with like Aurelie and Heather. They battled it out for that bronze and they're going to battle again. I would watch them go again, run it back. Yeah. Or Jess or Jessica Espinall. So like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to come back again. Good. Jessica Espinall and Heather, both in 47s and Aurelie. Hell yeah. Let's go. Yeah, Brit and- versus Bonica again. Of course I would watch those two clash again. Like for sure. And then the NAPF title means something. Yeah. Like I'm NAPF champion. Champion. Sick. Now it actually means something. As is, someone says that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. No one shows up to those meets. They're Can less competitive Delaney, than local meets. Even if Delaney doesn't go, 
um, if like a John Gruden or whoever's the number two who didn't get yeah. to go to Worlds, and all of a sudden Gruden's like, well, why am I going? Like, who do I get to face? Well, clash with Nick. Try to beat Nick. It ain't going to be easy. You'll be pretty proud if you beat him. You know, like, it, it matters. It'll matter if you beat Nick and then for yourself as well to beat John Gruden. Um, Deuce Gruden, sorry. I keep saying John. Freaking, well, I mean, but sorry. It is John, technically. It is, I think it is John, technically, right? Uh, it, yeah, cause that's cause, what it is. Uh, as someone who's never spoken to him, this is just like off the grapevine, but I'm pretty sure it is like John Gruden Jr. or like John Gruden the second, rather. So Deuce just means second. So like the okay. second John Gruden, so Deuce Gruden. Because I know I've seen it actually, John, and that's what keeps throwing me yeah. off when I look at stats. Um, but anyways, yeah. So if 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 it me it, we can for sure even if some if US sends some of their number twos it'll be amazing battles. This can happen, man. Maybe I gotta talk to Robert Keller. Yeah, make it happen. NAPS needs to mean something. It means nothing right now, and we need more meets because having only like nationals and worlds, we got to grow the sport, and by doing that, we could do that by like genuinely actually like growing the sport in like the literal sense. Mm. So, yeah, I agree. Listen, dude, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Holy shit, we were we're just under four hours, Playboy. We could talk, huh? Yeah, we could freaking we can we can freaking talk, my man. This will drop. I'm gonna drop Kaikos, and then I'll drop this one. And um, holy smokes, man! Let's the, see what happens. Those are, those are big shoes to fill. I hope I do all right. Uh, I'm gonna chop up. I got here's the problem with yourself. I got so many videos I could cut from this. I'm gonna have to pay somebody to run through this and grab the best. Yeah, get an editor. I'm gonna. I would do it, but I don't know how. Also, you owe me a drink. (laughs) Do I owe you a drink? Uh, yeah, at Worlds at the banquet. Um, the last thing that happened is uh, I sat in line for like way too long to get drinks. I was like, "Fuck it, give me two. You came up the elevator looking all dapper. I was like, Ryan. Have one of my drinks. Then you went, thanks, man. And then I didn't see you again the entire night. (laughs) I didn't see, like, that was the last time I saw you all Malta. Came up the other day. I was like, like, have one of my drinks, man. And then never saw you again. Damn it, man. I wish I we should have hung out too, man. Uh, We had a blast. It is what it is. You could have been there when I took a picture with Bomica. I didn't. You get that name out of your out of your system because at some point you're gonna say it in front of her by accident or some shit. I'm gonna say it but, uh, on purpose. I'm gonna stare uh, right in her eyes, god. just like oh god. <laughs> um, but we we at least we hang out the rest of the week and stuff like that. But that does suck that we didn't hang out that. Yeah, night. yeah. I owe you a drink. Next time I see you, we'll get you a drink. We'll do. We're gonna end up doing podcasts at some point for sure. Next uh, podcast, we'll, we'll just do a shit faced. Let's do a drunk podcast. I mean, we all... Don't. Have you done a drunk podcast yet? I've had you drinks, a but never... I, no, I've had drinks. I've done like a St. Paddy's Day podcast. I've I've done drinks on it, but never drunk. Here's, but it's not live. I can listen to That's it true. again and be like, all right. Be like, they'll post that. Just like, uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> not this episode. If you want to have drinks, one of these, I'll have drinks for one of them. We could pick, we can even pick um one of the like a reason we'll pick an event if it's like a halloween special or some shit or whatever 
you know yeah, and then get yeah. some other people in here we'll have a little like kotl party get eric Reed, helms in here me and him drank at, at worlds that's cool this is what it that's what i usually do is like um for the holiday ones i bring like three to four people and um i think i had a couple cocktails and one never fully drunk but whatever man we can let it hit down my new goal is to black out on the kotl podcast yes yes the rest of yes. you can carry on i'll just black out on camera <laughs> You're literally out on the couch in the background. Yeah. It's on video. Yeah. It's on video. I'm like, I'm like, listen, he's gonna wake up and his zoom is still on. But I'm gonna it blackout like... early too, like five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> you show up, you've been pre-drinking, and you're just a body in the background. And yeah. the rest of us are just carrying on. Like, I volunteer for that role. That is my new goal pe- in powerlifting. People who listen to it. They they get they get totally freaking doped into because like oh, fuck, I thought Nick was on this episode and you you log in and pass out say nothing be like are you sure I read the description it says Nick people in the audio only like, I don't even think yeah. Nick was on this fucking one two and a half hours up voice. two and a half hours in I'll wake up and just start throwing up into the <laughs> mic. <laughs> You start barfing, and then you lay back down. You barf all over your sweater, your holiday sweater, yeah. and people, uh, people, people. Ryan, watch. Play, play the name game. Play the name game. <laughs> people who watch the Spotify video are like, "That was amazing." <laughs> like that was worth every piece. The, the Nick was the best part of it. And be, people who listen to the audio only are like, "God damn, I didn't get the full experience." I'm down for that. That's my we, legacy. That'll okay, we'll, we'll we'll link it up. We'll think of one of the holidays where we're gonna have cocktails, and let's have some cocktails. We can we, we can even do a drinking game. Perfect. Just speed it up. It's all gonna be recorded ahead of time. But um, all right. Well, there you go. There's a a four hour podcast. Nick, thank you for coming on, dog. Always uh, a pleasure. It we yeah, it's it's a good time. We're gonna we're gonna rumble through a few of these more in the future. I'll let you know when I drop this. Uh, make sure for then a few weeks afterwards you got a bodyguard and, and <laughs> watch the DMs. Um, and for everybody listening, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings as per usual. Until next time, six pack lapidat, six up, and we are out.